The Vic Lombardi Show starts now. I like Vic Lombardi. You go to Denver, very few Lombardis. You know, I guess we're naturals. I guess we're naturals in there, man. He's a man who likes wine. And I'll tell you something else. He knows more about sports in his toenail than you know in your family tree. Yes, sir. You hit it right on the head, man. Don't talk about my height. I have to keep it very professional, which uh, I will. But uh, you got a big crowd out there. Yeah. It's uh, Vic Lombardi night. It's all entertainment. You know, it's yeah. all entertainment, man. You're listening to Dr. Vic Lombardi. What's going on there? Is everybody on helium this morning? Uh, Am I the only one man, who noticed that? I thought I had like one too many cups of coffee. Like, wow, everything's just running really fast in my in my brain. Dan, is everything running really fast over there? <laughs> Dan, why is everything going really fast? What is going on? Oh my gosh! I, so I'm not the only one who heard <laughs> no, that, right? No, that's why I said it's our guy on helium. <laughs> okay, and then uh, you heard Peyton Manning go, "It's for Club Party Night." <laughs> that noise you hear in the background uh, is uh, hockey. We are live at the Family Sports Center training ground for your Colorado Avalanche where we will visit with various members of the organization all day long. On this show specifically, Jared Bednar joins us at 740, Joe Sackick in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the opening day of Avalanche training camp, and the guys you hear on the ice right now do not play for the Avalanche. They're just some random Joes playing some, some pickup hockey early in the morning. You know, the hockey culture guys always amazes and impresses the lengths these people will go to to get on the ice just inspires me at times well jesse was here at what 5:45, and people were already out playing middle of a game you walk over to the other rink and there's all these parents that have been here since god only knows when i think though when you talk to hockey players and we'll talk to a lot of them throughout the day we did on tuesday when we were at the charity golf tournament they're the most grounded pro athletes it's because they had to go get up at pra- to do practice at 4 o'clock in the morning. I they, think had to, they, had, they had to work harder. Yeah, Let's be exactly. Honest. They had to exactly. work harder. The, the road to get to where they're at, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't paved with easy streets. Well, so, uh, b- baseball, you don't need much. Football, you don't need much. Basketball, you really don't need much. Hockey, you kind of need a sheet of ice. Yeah. <laughs> Tough yeah. to find. Pretty limited. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to be down here, get, uh, get a sense of where this team's going, and then we're going to talk to the uh, – to the big wigs as the day goes along. I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but I'm watching this pickup game, and a lot of these dudes are just standing around. I, I don't understand what's what's happening here. What what's the point? Because it's just seven o two a.m., dude. Yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna play, play. These yeah, guys are just sort of standing and looking at each other. Well, fifty-five is gonna go in about fifteen minutes, and be an accountant. I mean, come on, you're being a little harsh here. Well, I get it, but I mean, when you go play sports somewhere, whether it's pickup hoops, flag football, whatever, don't you play? I think we should do a remote from the DAC and Will and I will yeah, we'll evaluate your, your basketball. Game. Oh, go right ahead. I mean, look at Lombardi kind of just well, cherry picking again. You guys just hanging around. <laughs> I mean, look, they're just chatting it up. Everybody's having a good old time, and I don't know how much it costs to play this early in the morning, but let's go. Come on, let's see some pep. Pep in the step. You want to see them checking each other into the board? Yes. <laughs> You see that sign behind you guys? No off-eye stick play allowed. Yep. So, no stick play here, boys. Yep. Uh, again, hockey on the mind already in the Mile High City as the Colorado Avalanche kickoff training camp today. We will uh, visit with various members of the front office. Also going to have our football preview, as we do every Friday, with the Little Degenerates, who happen to be leading our pick segment. 
What are they? Nine and three. They were nine and three last week. They're a game up on me. Now they're three games up on you and on HW. Ah, that's easily accessible. So you know they they've got a pretty commanding lead there. But yeah, I think I'll gain on them this week. Why are you wearing your KSE credential? I didn't know if I'd need it to get in. I mean, don't be that guy walking around all day. Do you wear it on the weekends too? I've never been in here. I didn't know. You go to church with your credential. I do. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. Vic, speaking of the degenerates, I cut that sound every Thursday, right? Yeah. Wait until you hear their Broncos Cowboys pick. Good stuff. You know who their father is and who they listen to at the dinner table. Oh, wow. Wait until you hear this. Well, is it more surprising than Easy E's pick? Easy E picked the Dallas Cowboys. Their tone, their demeanor, their snark. Okay, Wait until you hear this Broncos Cowboys pick. It's all about how they say it. Exactly. I don't coach them. I haven't heard this. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, boys, uh, the Rockies have a, what, two-and-a-half game edge with 15 games to play. It's essentially two because both Milwaukee and St. Louis have 16 games to play. So that let's assume they win their game and it's two. I'll give you that assumption. Just to be safe. Two with 15 to go. Correct. Uh, how should we feel right now? Because a couple days great. ago, a couple days ago, you were telling me everything's all good. You should feel great. They came back from this road trip plus four on my four-point plan to get to the postseason. So everything's great. I, I mean, you, you got San Diego coming in. You just got to win this series. Yeah. That's very doable. The Rockies are in a in a very very good spot. I, I feel better now, much better now than I did a week ago. It doesn't concern you what they pulled off in the last thirty six hours. No, they no. crapped oh, the bed in the last thirty six. I do, hours. and it was my hot take a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't very popular. But look, the Chad Betta story is great, but this is, you got fifteen games to go. This ain't feel good time. Uh, he pitched a third of an inning. Man, yesterday. he had nothing going. It he was just, a mess. He had nothing going. It was a mess yesterday. Seven nothing Diamondbacks, and it was over early. What they score five in the first inning, and then it turned into one of those games where the Rockies couldn't wait to get on the bird and see what the menu was. Yeah. I mean, they had no interest. The the Rockies on getaway day on the road on day games. Well, they're the same way basically on home games on on uh, getaway day. Just have no interest. So that thing was over almost before it started. I consider yesterday. myself a social media consultant. One consultation I'll make right now: when the team loses, as it did yesterday, on the social media platform, and I think their Twitter account is brilliant. It's I great. think those guys are it's great. great. But don't tweet me the menu when your team loses. Totally agree. I don't want to know that you're having chicken parm on the way back I, from that, Phoenix. Don't. That, you got to understand the tone of the moment. Exactly. You lost a game. It's like you know. It's like the defensive back who makes a tackle or a big play, and he's down twenty nothing, and starts dancing and yep. doing the "Oh, I stopped him" sign. That I hate that more than anything. Well, when we you went to the, the when we went to the Tigers game, it was the guy who hit the home run that the, the, for the Tigers. They're down five nothing. He's rounding third, showboating. Like, come on, you know, no, no, little no, sense of the moment. Know the situation. That was another time I yelled, and everybody in the crowd looked at me like I was crazy, kind of like Teflon Bud. Thursday night football was unwatchable outside of a couple plays. I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson made something happen with his feet. That kid's going to be good. You could tell once it starts to click for him. The game is going to come a lot easier. He had that nice long touchdown run, the only touchdown run of the game. But the story of that game and the story of the season so far, what the hell is wrong with Cincinnati? Two home games, zero touchdowns, 0-2. Is the Red Rifle done? Is Marvin Lewis done? They look miserable. Well, doesn't it just sort of feel like that whole combination has just kind of been played out? Like it, it, There's no more shelf life. To the Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton combination in Cincinnati. Well, they, they've not won a playoff game. 
well, first of all. And not to, you know, jump ahead a segment, but uh, my hot take is connected to all of this. Oh, I can't wait to hear that one. Sure comes back to 13. Uh, two things about last night, Vic. One, that Deshaun Watson run, you felt like three or four times he was going to be down, and he kept his head up and kept getting the yeah. next block, kept getting the next now, block. You can't make scored. a life doing that because you're going to get hurt. You can't, but it was impressive. Two, if the Bengals had any sense, they would fire Marvin Lewis today. But considering they've given the guy 15 years, they're not going to do that. I said it at our prediction segment two weeks ago. Dalton and Lewis are done. Guys, Cincinnati, with apologies to the Jets, Colts, and Browns, maybe maybe the worst team in the AFC, maybe the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they just look helpless. Cincinnati losing its first two at home and losing the way they did without scoring a touchdown. I and mean, that looks like a 3-13, and 4-12 and team. If you're a Bengals fan right now, I, I guarantee in Cincinnati they are clamoring for A.J. McCarron. Because what happens when desperation hits, it may not even be a quarterback problem. It could be another problem on the team. It could be a team-wide problem. But you know how it works in this game. When desperation hits the franchise, the first move you want to make is the quarterback. That's it. So I guarantee A.J. McCarron's name is being tossed about as a replacement right now for Dalton. And it's funny because Dalton was considered, well, I don't know if he's an elite quarterback, but a... Um, a secure quarterback, needless huh. to say. Huh. I think I'll be bringing that up again in I'm six sure minutes. I'm sure you will. Man, this is fun to watch here, watching these boys just sort of skate around in, in a circle of 15 yards and smile at each other and not real much action going on. Let's go! Let's play! <laughs> you guys pay for the ice time. Let's go! Get on each other! We're here at the Family Sports Center. I think we'll see a little higher quality uh, hockey at about 845. Maybe that's Let's put maybe, it that way. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe every time I've come down here, I'm used to seeing the actual pros going at full speed. Yeah, this is what amateur hockey looks like. I mean, Riviera, he only skates when the puck gets near him. What is this guy doing? I mean, I'm not trying to be all honest here. Have you guys <laughs> seen these guys move? I mean, they're I young they're guys. Like, they're, they're my age. They're they're. Gonna go to the bank later and sit behind the desk and send emails. What are we? What are you doing? Don't you buy this ice time? Nobody's here to watch you guys. Just sit there. Let's. I'm here to watch you. Well, run. nobody's here to watch him. Period. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot <laughs> about that. I was wondering about that. Needless to say, it's freezing. Is the public invited to training camp? Do we know the answer to that? Yes. You bet. So seating is available up in the rafters. Plenty of big yes. seats available. Uh, if you're a first timer coming to watch the ads at training camp. By God, bring a jacket. How do they start training camp today and have their first preseason game on Tuesday? And the Burgundy and White game Sunday. Yeah. They don't mess around in hockey. Unlike these guys, they get out and work. Can we live tweet <laughs> everything that happens like we're at Broncos camp? Can we do that? Uh, I think their restrictions aren't nearly as uh, nasty as what you get at the uh, Broncos headquarters. 30933 is our text number. If you have any questions for Jared Bednar or Joe Sackick, feel free. Now, the elephant in the room is pretty obvious, right? We're not going to just tiptoe around it. The elephant in the room is, what are we going to see out of Joe Sackick, and what are we going to hear out of Joe Sackick? Because yesterday we got a one-sentence response when he showed up. Matt Duchesne. I'm sorry, Matt Duchesne. But I'm, I'm eager to hear what Joe Sackick has to say about Matt Duchesne. Well, I want to ask Joe Sackick the question I wanted to ask Matt Duchesne. What's his beef? Uh, does, does what any, is Duchesne's speech? Yeah, does yes. anybody know what the, uh, what this is all about? Am I just out of the loop? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and extrapolate here. I'm, I'm assuming his beef is my name continues to be tossed out there in trade talks, and let's just get it done with already. Well, okay, fine. That, w- that would be better, I'm sure. But, you know, the checks didn't bounce. 
right? Yeah. I, like, I, I just I don't understand this. Let's be big boys. Let's be professionals. It, 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 are you telling me that's the entire beef? Sure. Duchesne spoke for 14 seconds yesterday. Very prepared statement. Took no questions. I don't know if he'll take questions today or all of camp. Listen, I wouldn't like that either, Vic. I wouldn't. That would be a bummer. But playing in limbo. Sure. That'd be. But okay. I mean, does he have? You know, especially if you had a family and you had kids and you're like, I got to take him out of school. That would not be fun. But it's also part of the business, and you're being paid handsomely to deal with. The few negatives that come with being a professional hockey player. There aren't a lot of them. That's the biggest one is, hey, you know what? You could be traded, your life uprooted tomorrow, and now you're living in Ottawa. That would stink. The biggest surprise for me is the hockey culture. And very few times in this sport do you sort of get that diva mentality, that woe is me mentality. Yeah. Happens all the time in the NBA. I know. Happens in the NFL. It doesn't happen in this sport because of the very reason we're here right now. It's just a different culture. Fine. But when it happens in those other sports, people rip them. They do. They rip people that act like that. You got the Vic Lombardi Show live on location this morning. We're at Family Sports Center. Come by and say hi, by the way. If you're an Avs fan and you're here to watch training camp, by all means, HW is welcome to take a photo with you if you'd like. We're going to visit with Jared Bednar at 740, Joe Sackett, 8 a.m. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Up next, our piping hot takes. Avs coach Jared Bednar joins us at 740. Joe Sackick in the 8 o'clock hour. We are live on location at Avs Training Camp Family Sports Center. Uh, what, what's what's the name of this facility beyond? Is, is it South Suburban Family Sports Center? Is that? I the, just call it the Family Sports yeah, Center. I, I get it. Uh, I've been here for so many years, coming by to so many diff- different practices, and I forgot just how chilly it was here. And uh, we're getting a look at some guys just playing some pickup hockey, making their way off the ice. I'm sure this ice is utilized 24-7. There's guys playing here at 3 in the morning. This guy can't get out the door. He can't open the door right now. Uh, Jesse, you want to help him? This is very awkward. Somebody, somebody's got to help him open the door. There we go. Uh, but the one, the one thing I wish I could do, like some of these hockey guys walking up, see how much taller they look wearing their blades, wearing their skates? Provides a solid what? It's four, it's, three, four inches. Oh, that's good. That's like a men in high heels. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's high heels for women, right? That's look what, that's at how like tall it. and glorious they look walking off the ice in those skates. That's the one thing about hockey, guys. Until you've seen them in street clothes, you really don't know how big they are. Uh, we're going to talk to Bednar and Sackick about the team, the season, and uh, whatever issues arise here. But let's kick things off this morning, boys, with our piping hot takes. Because I spit hot fire. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present Piping Hot Takes. Brought to you by Sus Buick GMC. No dealership fee ever at Sus. It's Vic's Hot Take. All right, sports fans, yesterday you saw what happened at Avs Media Day. It was the story of the day. Matt Duchesne comes out, speaks quickly, speaks succinctly, and leaves the area in a hurry, obviously upset with the situation at hand. We've talked to Joe Sackick. We'll hear from him again today. Uh, the Avs have talked about trading Matt Duchesne. It never happened in the offseason. We're waiting for it to happen at some point this season. Here is my, here is my suggestion to both parties. The only way that the Avs are going to get what they want out of Matt Duchesne 
whatever trade value they can get for Matt Duchesne is if all parties sort of play friendly here, okay? If he ends up looking angry, playing angry, doesn't give it his best, all that's going to do is hurt his trade value. Correct. And if it hurts his trade value, guess what? The Avs won't trade him because they want to get as much value as they can in return. And I get it because he remains a very, very talented player. Say wait, say what you want about the situation here. He's a talent, so you want to get as much as you can. If all parties are angry, infuriated, if the thing is toxic, it's going to be hard for any trade to go down. So my suggestion, again, to both sides, take it easy, play nice, play nice as long as you possibly can, and a trade will happen. Pretty simple. That's my hot take. Next. It's HW's Hot Take. Von Miller is in a drought, a drought he hasn't seen his entire career. He's gone five games without a sack, four in a row to end the season last year. Obviously not a good finish for the Broncos. And then on Monday night against the Chargers, he doesn't get a sack either. Now, I'm not going to say Von Miller doesn't impact the game when he doesn't get sacks, but let's be honest, he's paid to get sacks, and he's double and triple teamed right now because the other side of the ball isn't doing much. Shaq Barrett had one sack the other night. Shane Ray out until late October. Kasim Adabali's a nice story, but we haven't seen it quite yet. Plain and simple, Von Miller needs help, guys. Von Miller needs someone to emerge on the other side of the football so that Von Miller can be Von Miller. Because until that happens, it's double and triple teams all day. And I don't expect Von Miller to get a sack this weekend. Not with the Cowboys offensive line coming to town. Not with Shaq Barrett on the other side. No DeMarcus Ware. No Shane Ray. I am not worried about Von Miller. I'm worried about the rest of the Broncos pass rushing core because they Wait need to get Von Miller some help or it may be a sack low season. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When, before the season started, when I said this team was going to go 6-10, and 10, and everybody said, well, give me some reasons, and I pointed out the fact that, hey, their pass rush isn't what it used to be. Everybody poo-pooed that. Are you coming around, my way of thinking? I'm pointing out that Von Miller spoke on Wednesday, and he was the one who brought up the, I haven't had a sack oh. in five games, as a, not frustrated, but Von Miller wanted to point out to the media, I haven't had a sack in five games. And it's because he's getting no help on the other side of the ball, and he's getting double and triple team. It's not going to change this weekend because they're playing the Cowboys, but it needs to change. In all honesty, why why do you care how many sacks Von Miller has? Why why does it matter? He makes an impact. He's the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, and that's what he does best. Again, watch the games. You don't I do have to games. produce sacks to be effective in the NFL. All right, so Von Miller to... has a four-sack season, but PFF grades him well every week. You're going to say, he just had a great year. Yes. Do you think he was dominant on Monday night? All right, so in the Super no, Bowl. No, he wasn't dominant, but okay. he, he did his job. All right, he did so those, okay, the Super Bowl, the two-and-a-half sacks he had, if he had had zero sacks but PFF had given him a high score, you'd said, well, Von should be MVP. Again. No, you know why he's again. Super Bowl MVP? Because he had two strip sacks. You understand how much easier it is for opposing teams to game plan and basically double him the That's entire game. That's why I'm saying he needs yes. help. That was it's the whole point trouble. of my hot take. But, but your whole notion that if he doesn't produce stats, 
he's had a bad season. That's well, not true. Say that. You're, 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 you're going to get from mouth. Vic and from fans. Well, who should they get? Who should they get to be on the but other side? I, I don't understand. If he if he gets doubled and he can't get to the quarterback and he doesn't have 30 sacks as he anticipates, that's a bad season? How is that a bad season? I, you know, I, I, what, in what, Super Bowl 50, I wish Vaughn had just had a great, great PFF score that day. He didn't need those two and a half sacks. If sacks don't matter, why during training camp, when, we, when, it, when it just is hyperbole central, do, did we have the story of he was going to get 30 sacks? Remember that? Remember that story? Oh, he's going to get 30 sacks and all the minions running around writing it and saying, like, he's on a five-game streak without a sack. But they wrote with a straight face, I assume, that he was good. That thirty sacks was reasonable. No, nobody wrote that. Well, yes, no, they no, did. No, nobody wrote. He wrote okay, I'll they, find they that wrote, story. They wrote what he said. That's okay. called reporting. But nobody. That's nobody, called reporting. Okay. one hundred and one. So I'll look up the stories, and <laughs> we'll see in those stories if anybody said that's odd, though, considering he ended last season okay. on a four four game stretch without a sack, and now there's no Demarcus Ware and Shane Ray on the other side. Nobody said that. Nobody pointed out the other side of the coin because nobody does any critical thinking down there. I was hoping that the cold climate here would remove some of the cynicism from your soul, but it has not. Next hot take. It's Manchester's hot take. You guys uh, watched the Thursday night football uh, game last night, I assume? Yes. I was in and out. I didn't watch the whole thing. It was boring. I'm on episode seven of Narcos, so that so, tempted me at points. I'm watching the game, and I'm looking at the two quarterbacks, Andy Dalton Deshaun Watson, and I'm saying to myself, if I'm a fan of either team, which path, which road would I rather be on? Would I rather be on the Andy Dalton road? Here's a guy who, you know what, wins about 10 games a year, made three Pro Bowls, completes a little over 60% of his passes, has a pretty good quarterback rating, gets to the playoffs, gets his team to the playoffs, but he's not elite. He's not great. He's not a guy that's going to carry his team. He can't make plays off schedule. He's not going to turn a sack into a 49-yard touchdown run. Then on the other side, you got a guy who makes some mistakes, learning on the job, throws the ball out into the flat and could have been a pick six. But he also does some things that you go, wow, which path would you rather be on? One, and ask anybody in Cincinnati, and it's not just because they're 0-2 and have scored nine points so far this year. They've been saying it for years because it's frustrating beyond belief to be just banging your head against this mediocrity ceiling if they're happy with the Andy Dalton train. Because I'll tell you what, Bronco fans, that's where you're on. That's where you're going. That's where Trevor Simeon's going. Trevor Simeon's ceiling is Andy Dalton. And don't tell me he's better than Andy Dalton because he ain't. And we can go over those numbers all day long. He hasn't had an 11-win season. He hasn't taken his team to the playoffs. On the other side, you got a guy that, you know what? He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to do some dumb things. But, man, he'll get you excited and give you hope. When you're a fan, it's all about hope. I would rather be on the Houston Texans path right now with their quarterback than the Cincinnati Bengals path. And that's been my point in Denver for more than a year. Last night, watching that game was a microcosm of what I've been trying to tell everyone for 18 months. We are 26 minutes in. You're already hurting my ears. What's your point? My what, point what, is... What's your point? Do you remove 13 My point the is, it's a road to okay, nowhere. Okay. Is your point now to remove 13 and place 12 in the starting position? Yes, they should yes. have done this a so long you're time telling ago. Me, you're telling me that after watching Deshaun Watson yes. last night make the yes. play of the game, you've seen those kind of flashes out of 12. I, he hasn't been given the you're, opportunity you're to. You're a liar. He hasn't he, been given the opportunity. What are you talking about? He played in two games last oh, year. Oh, 
Yeah, and he was one and one, and he lost to the NFC champs at no point. And he scored in, he scored as many points against the NFC champs as Trevor Simeon scored in three games. At no point in 12's NFL experience in his play has he made a play that's similar to what Deshaun Watson made last night. It's not even close. I didn't so say you, he had a 49 yard well, touchdown well, run, comparing- but I also watched him roll to the left and throw the ball 60 yards in the air. I also watched him come in cold against Tampa Bay and throw darts. We didn't see that kind of quarterback play all year other than that half. From I'm the, just saying, go with a guy that has upside. Don't go with the guy whose ceiling is Andy Dalton. But you realize at this point, 12 is number three on the depth chart. I, I get it. But, but here's, here, here's the other reason why the Trevor Simeon path just drives me crazy. Because it's the same reason the Andy Dalton path drives Cincinnati fans crazy. They're just good enough that they convince themselves they're close, and they never make a change. And now you look back. And you've burned eight years. It's They're in that bad relationship where you're like, ah, she's not great, but you know what? She's nice. And I don't want to. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, where the hell did the last decade go? Now I'm now I'm past my prime. That's my problem with it. HW, we brought in a psychologist yesterday, Travis Heath, to help this guy. Clearly it didn't help. It yeah. actually, I think he took a step backwards. I think Travis. I, I really believe that you took a step back. I think Travis left the show yesterday thinking, that guy knows what he's talking about. Wow. Last night was just a prime example. Whoa. It really was. He's watching a Houston Cincy game and he opens the show talking 13. It, it was it was a microcosm. It was a microcosm. Which path do you want to be on, Denver? Five years from now, do you want to be Cincinnati fans now? Or should we get on the Houston path? Trust me on this. You want to be on the Texans path. You got the Vic Lombardi show live from Avalanche Training Camp here at the Family Sports Center. Your head's already frozen. At least your brain is. We're back after this. Piping Hot Takes has been brought to you by Sus Buick GMC, south of Mississippi on Havana in Aurora. An aggressive, uh, aggressive style defense plays extremely hard. You know, coaches' defense have always been that way. With the Tampa days, the Chicago days, the days he's been in Dallas, um, technically sound, and they play extremely hard. Mike McCoy talking about the Dallas D, which we will see this Sunday here at Mile High Stadium. And I think the game comes down to the Broncos O and the Dallas D. I think the other side is a push. I really believe that. This is the most physical team the Broncos will face all year, certainly up front. I love the challenge. I love the fact that the Broncos defense is looking forward to that challenge. So I think Broncos D against Dallas O, push. The game will be decided on the other side. It's the Broncos offense against the Dallas defense. And you love that matchup. What do you guys think the Broncos need to do to win that matchup? How do you see the Broncos taking advantage of that matchup? Give us your best comments. On the Broncos taking advantage of Dallas? Of Dallas. Oh, I think you got to let Simeon air the ball out. I, I agree. I, I think you have to see what he can I do agree. When, you let, when you turn the kid loose. Let but him throw it. The, the gloves got to be off, Vic. This is I year agree. two. The gloves have to be off. You have to find one way or another whether Trevor Simeon is your future quarterback or whether you need to go in an entirely different right, direction. Let, next year. Don't, don't, don't spark this guy. I, I don't want to start talking about Simeon. I'm just asking about this game, okay? I don't care about the future. Right, but this game is part of a larger. Okay. I don't care. It's hard to answer that question. How do you win this game? It's hard to answer that question because we have one game to evaluate Dallas' defense off of. Understood. And the Giants did nothing. The Giants were awful. Nothing. You know what? You know what? Outside of the Houston, outside of the Kansas City New England game and a couple others, 
No one did anything. No. Well, I mean, this whole season so far has been blah. The first week or two of the NFL season now, because they don't do anything during training camp and during preseason, these are like watching preseason games, yeah. but they just play for four quarters. It, it's just – so I don't know. I, I would say they'd have to run the ball because the Giants couldn't run the ball. You say the opposite of what H.W. And I said. think they have to – I do think they have to stretch the field because yeah. the Giants without Odell Beckham Jr. couldn't stretch the field a bit. All right, and that would be my diagnosis. We are here at Family Sports Center for the very first day of Avalanche Training Camp. Pleased to be joined right now, as he's putting on his microphone, is the head coach of your Avs, Jared Bednar, who was kind enough to be with us every week last year on this show. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How different is it this time around now that you've had uh, some time under your shoes. I mean, last year was crazy, right? How much? How many weeks did you have before training camp last year? Well, we had about two to, oh get, my well, goodness. to get ready. Yeah, it, it, and it was, you know, to be honest, it was a cram session, but uh, last year went pretty well. We were pretty happy with our training camp, um, moving through exhibition, what we got accomplished, uh, just, you know, as hectic as it was trying to get to know the guys and set up camp at the same time. I, um, you know, I think that's where the benefit lies this year is now we know the guys and uh, you know, we know our group, how they are together, and, and obviously different look this year. You know, a lot of new players coming in, a lot of young players. So it's an exciting time. I think uh, it, it's good to be optimistic about our, our team, you know, based on what we've seen from uh, some of the young guys that came in at the end of the last year and some of the guys we saw um, as well at uh, San Jose this year at Rookie Camp. Do you plan on adding any new wrinkles to the way you run camp? Will anything look different on the ice the next few days? Well, the, the the one change, again, we liked camp last year. There's always ways to improve it. Um, the the one difference that we have this year is is we really ramped up our, we asked our guys to go home for the summer and really work on getting bigger and stronger and faster. So, um, you know, we had uh, prospects come in over the summertime, spent a lot of time here. Some guys spent the whole summer here. Um, live together and train together with our strength and conditioning staff our veteran guys were in and out uh looks from the looks of the testing yesterday and everything we like the condition our guys came in but we do have a couple on ice tests that we're going to do as well um they ran at the bubble on one test yesterday uh so the we're going to run about an hour practice today um, for each group, and then we're coming over to do a skate test that we have timed, uh, measures their drop off, their heart rate. It's a it's a it's a competition really to see who is the most fit guy to come into camp, and all we're going to put all of our tests together and, and, and kind of determine uh, a ranking system that we have in place and, and see who ranks the highest. So. Uh, and that's all of our prospects, veteran guys included. So these two tested, uh, or one today and then one again tomorrow for the second part of the practice. They're not long, uh, but they'll be pretty taxing to the guys, and then we'll get them off the I'm edge. I'm just so curious. That's a little different. Who ranked the highest last year when you did that? Well, we 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 didn't have a whole lot of testing yeah. last year because when I came into this, uh, you don't want to just spring tests on sure. guys. So what we did is we through the course of uh, the end of last season, we um, – figured out some tests that we wanted to do um you know there's a run there's a bike there's two skate tests there's a bunch of strength uh tests in in, in the gym so uh we did it last year with our rookies and we did it this year with our rookies uh um, when they came to development camp uh jc bodan was was our most fit rookie or did the mm. best on the testing this summer at at, at camp and uh and then they tested again here in the fall and 
uh, we're mixing those results with our veteran guys from yesterday here. We'll have them in a few days, but we we've we seen lots of improvement from a lot of our prospects, and that's the goal. You got the game's getting faster. You have to get faster. You have to get more agile. You got to get quicker and stronger to play against uh, guys. It's a very tough league and a league and a taxing league. So you got to you got to be at your best, and the work a lot of that work is done in the off season. I know you haven't done the test yet, but is there a guy that's just renowned for being off the charts fit is there a dude on this roster that like we know this guy's going to be there oh yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of them yeah i i would say um you know like i think we have some guys that really take care of themselves and train the right way and whatever they're uh doing along with what you know part of what casey gives them and lots of guys have their own trainers um you know, some of our veteran guys like ej's always in top condition mac yeah. uh landy's come in a little slimmer this year and uh wants to be quicker uh, there's noticeable work. The areas that guys have identified that they want to improve on, I think there's noticeable improvement so far um, from what we've seen. But the skate test is a big one. You know, that's yeah. where the game is played. It's played on the ice. So uh, I'm anxious to see how our guys, um, you know, hold up through the next two days testing. They're a little bit uh, different in, in, in each regard. Visiting with Avs coach Jared Bednar here on the uh, opening day of Avalanche training camp. All right, let's get this out of the way fast. Matt Duchesne showed up. Matt Duchesne expected to practice. You're in a you're in a delicate position. You're the coach. You coach what's on here. You're not worried about some of the other stuff. Yeah. What are your expectations out of Matt today when he shows up to camp? I mean, bottom line is is Matt's a pro. Like yeah. he's he's a prideful guy. Um, you know, he's an elite player. And I expect him to come in here and, and, and work hard and, and be a good teammate and, and help our team win. And that's um, I don't think he'd be here if he wasn't willing to do that. So uh, I'm going to sit down with him a little bit and talk today. I know he's had a tough goal of it. It, it, it. That's a tough situation to be in for a guy. Um, but but I think our, our, his team's welcoming back. He's here, ready to go. Um, we're all in this together. So I'm looking forward to getting on the ice with him. Uh, you have to make sure as a coach, you got to get the most out of him. You can't be trying to babysit or motivate, right? Is that the talk you're going to have? For for all of our guys, you know, we want we want self motivated guys. Sure. Like we're there to help and support in any way we can, and and he's no different, you know. And and we got a lot of young guys uh, coming in here that we're real excited about to help push this team forward, um, you know. And our coaches are, you know, our leaders are going to have to come in and help those guys, so we can help, so we can all get on the same page and and get rolling here as quick as possible. Is there an area on this team, and obviously you want to work at everything, but is there one area of concern? going in that we we got to address this as fast as as we can you know what we broke down every uh, you go through a year like last yeah. year you're breaking down everything as the year goes on and then really digging in deeper in the off season um one, one area i wouldn't say that we have to address but one one area that we want to get way better at is is um getting more dangerous offensively and and i think we have a group that can do that um, and, and that starts really, there's a lot of pressure put on our back end, our defense, to help get up. It's In order to create offense in this league, you need five guys. It's not a three-man unit. It's, a, you know, all five guys got to be involved. Uh, so we want to see some, uh, some of our guys push themselves in, in that area and some of the guys that you would expect to help there, like Barry and Johnson, um, to, to really take charge of it and, and lead the way and, and, and try to push themselves to a new level to help this team produce. I want to talk about a couple specific players as we visit here with the Avs head coach, Jared Bednar. You mentioned coming back stronger. So uh, I saw um, McKinnon came back looking bigger, looking 
Who was the other guy? There was one dude that walked Mika, in. Mika, Mika, Mika looked like an NFL linebacker. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is uh, I watched some of the run tests that were going on, and, and I mean, he, he can move for a big man. Like he, he did really well in some of the tests that I saw yesterday. Yeah. And that's a, that's a young guy. Like, they're just... You know, are you Joe's is bigger and stronger, Andrew Ghetto? Like I, I like what I'm seeing. Of course, the game's played on the ice. It's not, uh, it, but, but you got to do the work in the off season, in the gym, and, and and running and biking in order to 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 be able to perform at your best. But we have some guys that look really good. Uh, Jost making, you know, we saw a good look at him last year. Now it's a different expectation, isn't it? How how, what are your expectations out of that young one? Well. It, He's certainly going to grow and get better as the yeah. season goes on. There's no question. And, and I think a good, uh, you, you know, something that fans can relate to. If you look at JT Comfrey, he comes up at the end of last year and he plays okay for a couple games. He's getting his feet wet. He's a little unsure, a little hesitant. You don't see the real JT Comfrey. Then he gets 10 games under his belt and it starts to come. And, and pretty soon, shortly thereafter, you start seeing what you're going to get out of JT. Competitiveness. Mm-hmm. He's not intimidated by any plays a good pace and, and I believe we we're just kind of getting uh, Joe's toe in the water there he played yeah. a couple games you, you know he's okay and then he plays a couple more and you start seeing flashes of it then he scores his first goal and you start to see what you want to see on a consistent basis like he's we expect him to be a top player and, and that's a lot of pressure as a young guy that's a strong character guy that works real hard and, and i think he can he can work his way into being a top player in this league in a short period of time. listen we know the key to your team and pretty much every um, national hockey league squad it all starts between the pipes and varley looks as healthy as i've seen him in years yeah, he's, um, you know, talk about guys putting work in in the offseason. He's had a long goal of it with the, with the surgeries and whatnot. Um, leaner, more fit, has to really pay attention to his body so it doesn't break down on him. And um, putting in long hours. Even when I was here at the end of the season, I was in here work and school was still going on, so I stayed in Denver. We're talking in May. And he was in here for hours on hours, in the, in the, all morning, into the afternoon, every day, um, taking care of himself and trying to get stronger and, and quicker and better. And and, and uh, that continued through the summertime, and he looked really good. I mean, he had a great bike ride yesterday uh, in the testing. And, you know, we, we need him to be really good, yeah. you know, with the with the, the young decor and open spots that are up for grabs back there and him in the pipes, we, we need him to be good. And, we, and, and I expect he will be. He's a really driven guy this year. Knock on wood, if no injuries occur, I mean, how many – are you looking at how many games you'd like to play? Your, your lead goaltender is Bernier. Do you have a certain amount that you plan on going with there? Yeah, we. we I mean, I think we'll probably split him here early. Yeah. Um, as Varley builds up some endurance and strength and and um, and there'll be a little bit of a competition. We, we have – you know, Bernier's been a number one in this league. He's done some good things. He's getting a fresh start. Uh, and then we'll just play it by ear from there. Like we'll keep reevaluating it and talk to Varley a lot and uh, talk to Matt and, and make sure that we're doing the right thing for him. Um, you know, long term over the course of the season, I think that that uh, Bernier can help push uh, Varley here as well. All right, your first preseason game is next Tuesday. It's always amazing to me, Jared, how quick the the preseason yeah. is in hockey. You start next Tuesday, and the regular season hits right away. 
Do you stress on this team how important it is to get off to that good start that you've got to have that confidence early, especially after what happened last year? Yeah, and, and you know, the process, the habits, the competitiveness, the pace, like everything that we want to do, uh, you start day one, it's always real energetic, and guys are on point and paying attention, and then sometimes they tend to fade away from it. It's our job as coaches to make sure every day looks like day one, and that, and as players, they have a responsibility to, um, to come in focused every day and trying to get better, and, it, and we've talked about that a little bit as a group already, and we will continue to talk about it, because if we do that, then we're certainly going to improve as we keep putting our details in place. A couple more. This one from the text line as a uh, listener chimes in wants to see the abs be more aggressive with the puck how do you get that point across completely agree you know so uh one one thing we we had some changes with our coaching staff this year we brought in ray bennett um he's picked through lots of our video he's basically been an offensive coordinator for the st louis blues for the last few years it's a team that scores a lot of goals in a lot of different ways and uh, he's watching our video and, and looking at some things and and there's certainly areas whether it's our top guys or top six forwards or bottom six guys or or you know our uh, offensive defensemen or even our defending defensive we can we have to make sure that our mentality is that we're going to get uh, dangerous every chance we get with the puck and, and um, part of that is a mentality part of it's getting a little quicker and a little stronger um, so we have a bunch of areas that we that we want to point out to the guys as we go through training camp here to make sure that uh, we're a team that's hungry to score and I, I believe that we didn't have that hunger throughout our lineup last year not sure what kind of value you place in preseason games last year you didn't lose a preseason game what, what do you look for it, it, does winning and losing matter in the preseason, or is there more than that? I, I think we, winning and losing always matters, but there's more than that. We're looking for a couple things this year. Uh, like our first game is likely, likely to be a real young lineup and give some guys some opportunities. Guys we liked in San Jose, guys that we've liked the development, to put in hard summers of training. We want to reward them and get them in some games early or at least a game early. Um, I'm looking for some combinations. We've got some uh, depth up the middle that we didn't have last year. Guys that we signed with Kerfoot, a center, Joe's Comfort, Soderberg, uh, Deshane McKinnon. Uh, we're kind of looking to try to put some lines together, some pairs, and find some chemistry. So we're going to have to move guys around a little bit. Um, some additions with some guys that should be able to score like Yakupov. So we need to find chemistry in order to be able to score throughout your lineup. We need some combinations, whether it's groups of two or groups of three, that um, that can complement each other to score some goals. So that's going to be certainly a focus, uh, along with the habits that we need to create in order to win games here. Speaking of being fit, coming if uh, coming off the off season, you're the most looking fit coach I've seen here in quite some time. What's your VO2 max? Have you tested it? <laughs> no idea. I Come on, I haven't rode the bike since I retired, which is a long time. <laughs> you don't ago. compete with the boys up there. <laughs> no, there's no chance. You'd, hey. If you have no chance of winning, why compete? That's a good point. All right, buddy. Jared, right. best of luck to you. Thank you Guys, very much for care. visiting Thank with you. us. Looking forward to watching training camp. Appreciate it. That is head coach Jared Bednar of your Colorado Avalanche. Back with more after this. And don't forget Joe Sackett coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. All right, you just heard the coach, Jared Bednar, kind enough to join us before the first day of Avalanche training camp. Uh, he talked a bit about Matt Duchesne. We addressed it. And he said he plans on sitting down with Matt before practice today. They have two different sessions, two different groups going, and the coach will sit down and talk shop. 
Let's just get this out of the way. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. Just like my hot take indicated, listen, nothing's going to get done if, if they're knocking heads. Correct. It's going to make things worse. It's going to make things toxic, and it's going to make his trade value plummet. Even if he wants to be dealt, the best thing to go about this is just go about it professionally, play as hard as you can, and that'll increase your trade value, thereby making it easier. Well, if Matt Duchesne's goal, and I don't know what his goal is, if his goal is to get moved and, and get out of here, the photo of him getting his uh, his team picture taken yesterday looking like Grumpy Bear didn't help his cause. That's not that's not helping. So it, it, it's, it was good to hear Coach Bednar say, hey, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to iron things out. That's how you approach it like professionals. Well, and it sounded to me like, he understands the situation his player's in. He gets it. Sure. He gets it, which is why he's going to take some time to talk to him. So some new information. We'll, we'll visit with Joe Sackick as well, who's due to join us a little bit later in the program. We're live from Family Sports Center here at South Suburban, right near, uh, what's this crossroad here? Arapahoe and Havana. Peoria, right? Is it Peoria? Yeah, My Peoria. Goodness, I'm from the west side, bro. I don't get these roads right. This is the exact same way you went to Broncos <laughs> I just, training camp I just know how to 15 get different times. I just know how to get here. I don't know the roads. If you live in Golden, you can't know roads? Is that the deal? It's like when my wife my <laughs> wife, my wife, wife will call me randomly, and she gets lost somewhere, and she'll be driving. She goes, I'm driving on Wadsworth. Which way do I turn? Which way are you driving? <laughs> how am I supposed to know which way you're going to turn? Mine is, I get that same call a lot, too, and it's, uh, well, are you heading north or south? And you would have thought I threw out the biggest stumper of a question ever. All right, we do this every week on the show. And needless to say, H.W. and I are hurting. We're not doing well. So this is a chance to play catch-up. It's our NFL preview. Roll it. Here we go. Fire up Red Zone. It's almost time for another NFL Sunday. NFL preview. Right now, the little degenerates are nine and three. It's embarrassing. Vic and I are six and six. Got a four-year-old kicking my butt. Oh, is he five? <laughs> it's, it's the eleven-year-old Ben and the eight-year-old Matthew. The uh, the five-year-old is just there for moral support so far. Manchester, are you eight and four or seven and five? I'm eight and four. So the little degenerates. Hold on a second. We're you're nine just, and three. You're just you just changed your record. No, it's been eight and four written up on the window for a week. I don't know what HW's talking about. All right, we've got sound bites to preview each game. Let's get to our first game. Well, it wasn't that fun to play on offense today. <laughs> I mean, uh, just to be honest. I, I mean, I was 9 for 17, I think. I threw for 100 and a couple, a couple yards. I mean, that's not that fun. I'd rather throw for 350 and win 42 nothing, not 20 nothing. Um, but it, but it's fun to win, and that's, that's the most important thing. That was Joe Flacco last week after the Ravens beat up on the Bengals. They've got the Browns. This week, Vic, who you got? Ravens, Browns. Is Baltimore really this good, or is Cincinnati that bad? Cincinnati again lost last night, so now this game takes on a different meaning. Maybe Baltimore isn't as good as we 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 thought they were in that first week. And Cleveland, they played Pittsburgh pretty damn well. This is a tough pick for me, but I'm going with the Ravens. Give me Jolton Joe Flacco. You think this is tough? Yes. If I was in an eliminator pool, hypothetically, this would be the game I would take. Fine. Baltimore is the clear pick here. I think They're going to roll better. the Browns. I uh, agree with you guys in terms of taking Baltimore, but Vic, I'm with you. I don't think this game is as easy no. as people think because 
Baltimore beat a Cincinnati team, you're right, that it just looks awful. And Cleveland was better than people thought. I just don't think Deshaun Kaiser goes on the road and, and gets a win at Baltimore. So I will take the Ravens at home. They are officially celebrities on this show, the Little Degenerates. They may be young, but they know their stuff. It's the Little Degenerates. I believe that the Ravens are going to win because the Browns are awful. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Did you notice the snark at the end of that? Yeah. That is pure Manchester. Mini right Manchester. There. Okay. Uh, Next right. game. A little rusty, and and, and again, you know, we're, we're we're getting used to to things. You know, the, the the quarterback obviously is 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 still working on his timing. He missed a couple of throws, and he knows it. He's upset with himself and had to talk him off a ledge. Um, but he's, he's focusing in on what he needs to get done, and the nice thing is all the other guys are rallying around him. They understand that you know, he's a little rusty. That is Ron Rivera saying Cam Newton's rusty. Didn't look all that rusty to me against the Niners. The Panthers welcome in the Bills this weekend. Just got a text from Kyle Keefe. I am 9-3 and three blankets. <laughs> I'm not going to read what he's he wrote. He's insisting that he's in this pool. Yeah. Make sure you submit your picks, Kyle. <laughs> I don't like that word, by the way, Kyle. You're lucky I didn't say it out loud. All right, the game is Carolina against Buffalo. This one's at Carolina. Give me the Panthers. Uh, I'm with you. I think Carolina looked pretty good last week. I can't get sold on Buffalo. They struggled with the Jets. I will take the Panthers as well. 100% with you. I think it's the bounce back year for the Panthers. Uh, I I think they're going to win that division, so I'm going Carolina. What about the kiddos? The Panthers have Christian McCaffrey, so I think that the Panthers are going to take it home. Is he still smoking cigarettes, by the way? <laughs> I actually think that was the 11-year-old, so maybe he was bumming a smoke. Oh, wow. I think that was Ben. The little one is now influencing the big one. Yeah, exactly. On the Reds. <laughs> Next game featuring Manchester's favorite coach, Bruce Arians. He's scheduled for surgery uh, this week, and... Uh, you know, hopefully, as as miraculous as he came back from that knee injury last year, I'm hoping we could possibly get him back by Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's Bruce Arians talking about David Johnson out for eventually, essentially the season. Thanksgiving right? or Christmas isn't yeah. exactly that's, the same time. He's out. I mean, that's a month difference. He's there are, out. There are a lot of very upset fantasy owners. And, Vic, I know you don't care about fantasy at all. But a lot of people in a lot of big money leagues took David Johnson first over. And a lot of people took Ezekiel Elliott, which is why people are watching that whole uh, court thing so closely. Okay, the game is Arizona at Indy. Arizona favored by seven. Man, I'll take the Cardinals, but I think it'll come down to it. I really don't think it'll be an easy win by any means for Arizona. Yeah, I think I have to take Arizona, too, because I think Indy's one of the worst teams in the NFL with Scott Tolzien. But I don't think the Cardinals are any good either. This could be a game a lot like last night, a pretty garbage game between two bad football teams. I'm taking Arizona as well. They burned me last week. I thought they would go in and beat Detroit. I'm the guy who is anti-Arizona, anti-Bruce Arians, yet for some reason I keep picking them. I keep buying into this hype. But Indianapolis is awful. I mean, we saw what they did last week at at L.A., so uh, they're at home. They may be a little bit better, but I'm taking Carson Palmer over Scott Tolzien. How about the young smokers? What do they think? I think the Cardinals are easily going to win this because the Colts just don't have a quarterback right now. They have uh, Scott Tolzien, but he's not that good. 
So do you just allow them to smoke in the house? <laughs> they understand that it's a quarterback-driven league. Are you guys picking up on that theme? They got it dialed in. All right, what's our next game? The next game features Doug Marone, head coach. You know, I thought they were up for the, you know, obviously it's a great challenge. You know, the front seven of Houston, you know, probably, you know, I can't speak for them, but I still consider them the best defense in the league. And I thought our, our players responded well and uh, came out there and were able to, you know, to run the ball. I wouldn't say we were able to run the ball at will, but we ran the football. That's Jacksonville head coach Doug Marone as uh, the Jags host the Titans. It's a one-point Tennessee favored by a point in this game. I don't know if I... I don't know if I buy into Jacksonville yet. I'm going to take Tennessee. I think this almost feels like a must-win for the Titans after losing at home to Oakland. Give me Tennessee. I'm with you. A week ago at this time, this spread would have been a touchdown. And because Tennessee looked bad and Jacksonville looked good, it's now basically a pick em. Don't overanalyze NFL games. Tennessee's the better football team. They'll win. It took us 15 picks for someone to finally be different, but I'm going to go the other way. I'm taking Jacksonville. I'm buying into the Jaguars. I love that defense. They've got uh, defensive tackles that should be here in Denver, and they're dominating. I think Jacksonville's going to take an early command of the AFC South. Give me the Jaguars. Did you just hear that comment? They've got defensive tackles who should be here in Denver. <laughs> he brings everything back to L.A. and plays Campbell. And now picks from two young kids who should not be in James' household. I think the Jags are going to be pretty good. And I think the Jags are going to take this one home. Wow, are right. you just writing these things out for him now? No, is that, I, is that what's happening? I haven't heard these at all. I had no idea. I have no idea where they're going. Okay, next game, Carson Wentz, your quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, a big one for us. You know, last year we struggled on the road. I um, couldn't ask for a better opportunity to come down here, a uh, divisional rival like this. I mean, it was so cool being out there. The Eagles fans showed up in in uh, an amazing form. You know, hearing the Eagles chant at the end. I mean, they travel so well. So. Um, that made it a lot of fun to play out there, and, and getting this season off started like this uh, feels really good. Yeah, Philly winning on the road last week in Washington, D.C. This week at Kansas City, at Arrowhead, and KC favored by six. Fellas, I, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I'm gonna buy. It. I'm gonna buy the noise. I think the Chiefs are that good, good enough to handle Philly for sure. I think the Chiefs are primed for a letdown this week coming off that emotional win. I thought Alex Smith's comments uh, about it being his last year in Kansas City were not well-timed. The Eagles may be better than we think good road team. Give me Philly in the upset. Last year, Carson Wentz started hot. Everybody was all excited, and then he fell apart. I think we're going to see something similar this year. He was good last week. He's not going into Arrowhead. He's not winning. Andy Reid is not losing to his former team. The Chiefs are legit. Give me Kansas City. Kids! Uh, I think that the Chiefs are going to win because I just think they're the better team and have a better quarterback, and they looked really good in week one against the Patriots. Which kid was that? I think that was Ben, the 11-year-old. All right. Tom Brady on his next game, please. It's execution. It's attitude. It's you know competitiveness. It's urgency. It's it's everything. You know, We just got to do a better job. We played against a good football team, and you know we just didn't get the job done. You know, say what you want about Tommy Boy. He's he does his radio show every week, win or loss. I mean, he does, it doesn't matter. He's always on the air there in Boston. I wonder how much they pay him for that. He must get a good. Uh, I'm guessing that. they got a few sponsors. My goodness, Tommy makes his money. Patriots at New Orleans. I don't think it'll be close. Give me the Pats. 
Uh, I think New England wins too because I can't imagine them going 0-2. Well, I can't. But if you're in Vegas this weekend, take the over. That is going to be a show on the turf. They may get close to 70, 80 points. I think this is the year where it just doesn't come together for the Patriots. I think that, hey, we're going to have guys that are lesser talent, but they're versatile and they can do a lot of different roles. I think it's going to bite them. I am so tempted to take New Orleans. I really, really am. I just don't want to be sitting here Monday morning kicking myself saying, why did I take the Saints over the Patriots? So I'm going to begrudgingly take New England, but I won't be shocked if New Orleans, New Orleans wins this game. What do the little ones think? Patriots in New Orleans. Patriots win, obviously. I don't know. They didn't look too hot in week one. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, well, they could be wrong. I don't know. So what is it? <laughs> I think they went with New England. That was both of them well, chiming in. I like the one going, Patriots win, obviously. And the other one goes, ah, they didn't look too good in week one. Uh, look, see, look at our down New England. here. We got Peter and Paul, Saints Peter and Paul, all dressed up for the occasion. Man, what, what, what are you guys, it's training camp. What are you dressed up for? I mean, look at me, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I mean, take it easy. It's laid back. This ain't work yet. Can, all right. Can you guys feel your toes? I'm fine. I'm not even cold. You're, Holy you're cow. You're really? the guy who can't go skiing because you get too cold. Skiing's a different thing. All right, next game, please. I take a headshot any day of the week as far as, like, legs. You know, legs are legs are very delicate, you know. And things like that, injuries happen. You don't want them to happen on purpose, but I'd rather take that any day. Stefan Diggs talking about taking a headshot over a leg shot. That's fun options. I wouldn't want to take any shot. Yeah, I'm with you. But he, he'd rather get hit in the head than the legs. That's a kind of a sad state of where the NFL's at. Isn't it? I mean, I'd rather get concussed and my brain turn to mush than miss a game with a leg injury. It's Minnesota this weekend in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Mm. Gosh, man, I didn't watch that Minnesota game Monday night because I was too busy prepping for the Broncos. Did you guys watch any of that? Very little, very little. Sam we were... Bradford injured his knee at practice this week. Is that is that true? He looked, he looked great against New Orleans. He and Alex Smith were the two best quarterbacks in the league in week one. And Pittsburgh didn't look great in Cleveland. Where I know. Going, Vic? I'll take Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to lean towards Pittsburgh as well. I thought they were rusty last week, but when Ben, Bell, and Brown all play, that team's nearly unbeatable. Give me the Steelers. I'm going to go the Steelers as well. I think they were the classic example of one of those teams that due to the way preseason is played anymore, they just were rusty in week one. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had been back with the team for eight days or something like that. I think Pittsburgh gets back on track. I'll take the Steelers at Heinz Field. You got the Vic Lombardi Show live well, at Avalanche. Oh, I forgot. Quick. My bad. Go, kids. Steelers will have home field advantage. I just think they're the better team. I think that'll be a good game, but, yeah, I think Steelers are going to win that. So, Vic, so far we've had seven games. Yeah. Six of them. No, sorry, Philadelphia. Five of the seven, though, we've all picked the exact same team. And every game, the kids have picked your same team. They, we are spot on. That is, that is where they correct. got their picks from. Yeah. That yeah. is correct. No, we don't discuss these things. Well, Tennessee, Jacksonville, the only game where it's split as a foursome. Wait until you hear the fireworks next segment with this Broncos. And pick. then KC Philly. I heard the kids get into it. Don't oh they? my gosh! Wait until you hear this Broncos. Do they ever pick. fight? Like like? Oh my god! They fight constantly. Like physical altercation. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, I'm breaking up that. fights. Oh, that's good. On a daily there's some, basis. There's blood, right? There's a little bit of blood. Oh, yeah, Maybe blood and bumps and welts. Yeah. That's and good. That's brothers. Nothing wrong have, with I it. had two younger brothers, too. I beat the crap out of them. You got the Vic Lombardi Show live at Family Sports.
Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show live at Avalanche Training Camp. Here at the Family Sports Center, Av set to take the ice in about a half hour. Right now, we're in the middle of our NFL preview. By Let's the way, Kyle keeps texting me his picks as if he's really part of this. He program. thinks he's in this. He's got every game so far. He's got the Ravens, Panthers, Arizona, Tennessee, KC, the Patriots, and Pittsburgh. Right. Just so you know. Just so you know, I, I do the official record keeping. Yeah. Uh, I have not written down any of Kyle's picks. Let's hear from everyone's least favorite head coach. No, that was good. Like I said, um, you know, um, you know, we got room for improvement everywhere. You know, when you come up short, obviously uh, it's a bitter pill. But um, you know that, um, like our old football team, we, we played we played pretty well, but not quite good enough. Why do you dislike that man? He's just a genteel figure. He's a bumbling boob who's an idiot who Peyton Manning would have won multiple Super Bowls if that boob wasn't his head coach. Oh my gosh. John Fox, of course, head coach of the Chicago Bears. Uh, by the way, shout out to James up here at the Family Sports Center who was listening to the show and decided to come by and watch Avs practice. We appreciate you, first of all, for listening and coming by to give a look-see here at training camp. It's all a, right, what's the game? Foxy and the Bears are headed to Tampa Bay to face the hard knock darling Buccaneers. Okay. How good are these Bucs? We don't know. They didn't play last week. How good are the Bears? Better than we thought. They, they had a chance to beat Atlanta. Having said all of that, give me Tampa. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa and it's not close. Mike Evans, Jameis Winston. Uh, Atlanta's got a major Super Bowl hangover. That's why that game was so close last week. I think the Bucs win this game by double digits. Doesn't it feel like the last episode of Hard Knocks was three months ago? Did uh, you know the 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 Bucks having a week off? I feel like we haven't seen anything from them in ages. I just don't buy Chicago going down there it, uh, it, and getting the win. I'm going to take the Bucks, but it's a crapshoot because we don't really know what we're getting out of that team. We have no idea. All right, what do the real experts think? The Bears are pretty bad, and the Bucks um, on hard knocks they look pretty good. So the Bucks are going to take this one home. Does that make me a bad father that I let my eight-year-old watch Hard Knocks? No, it makes you a bad father because everything coming out of their mouths is cynical. <laughs> Said they look good on Hard Knocks. He knows. Next game, Phil Rivers. What you do? Got a chance to tie the game up and send it to overtime. And when you've been when you're down twenty-four-seven in the fourth quarter, it hurts because we're just you fight and claw and you get right there and you you want to get a chance to get an OT and you and you don't. Obviously still stinging from that loss at Mile High Stadium. See how uh, San Diego responds. The San Diego Chargers at home in front of 27,000 at StubHub Center. If they can get 27,000. Last we heard they couldn't sell out. They're at home against the Miami Dolphins, fellas. And as, uh, as impressed as I was with San Diego's defensive front, I'm taking the Dolphins. I think Say Hey Jay is going to have a big year under Adam Gase. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. I think the Dolphins win, and they win big. Wow, I, I figured I, this would be the game where I was going uh, opposite of you guys. I'm taking the Dolphins, too. It's a little bit risky or a little scary for me because they've been out in L.A. for a couple of weeks, the whole hurricane situation. Who knows how that's going to throw them off. But I think the Chargers are dog meat. I don't like that team at all. I'm taking the Dolphins. I changed my pick. I'm taking San Diego, even though it's L.A and they're no longer called San Diego. I'm taking the Chargers just because of your attitude. Give me the kids, please. I think that the Dolphins are going to take this one home because I think they're just the better team. Keep it simple. Have they changed anything that you have on paper? No, we are in lockstep every single game so far. 
All right, next game featuring Jets coach Todd Bowles. Again, it was the game plan, something I think we tried to exploit and attack, and it didn't work out for us as well. But we were in the game, and we made some plays in the end, or in the second half, that cost us on both sides. Sounds like an old 40s reporter. See? See what I'm seeing here? See? That's that, Todd Bowles in the Jets. That was after they lost to Buffalo last week. Bad news, Todd. You're headed to Oakland to face the Raiders this week. Man, that's a two-touchdown spread. Two touch. That's a lot of points. Good thing we're not picking spread. I'll we're just it. picking winners. I'll take Oakland. I'll take Oakland as well. The Jets... The Browns, the Colts, the Bengals will have a race to be the worst team in the AFC. I wrote down OAK four times before anybody made a pick. Yeah. This game to me is its a total no-brainer. I'll take the Raiders. Kyle Keefe's taking the Raiders. How about the kids? I think the Raiders have this one pretty sealed up because the Jets just aren't very good this year. All right, folks. The Rams are 1-0. Sean McVay is 1-0. Can they make it 2-0? They're headed to Washington. It's a little surreal, uh, but it's it's one game. And I think the thing about the NFL is that it's an extremely humbling business. And while this was the goal we came away with that, I know we've got a great Washington team that I'm very familiar with that we're playing next week. Coach Gruden will have those guys ready to go. Just seeing a couple plays, I thought their defense flew around excellent. And I know what they have offensively and special teams. So it's going to be a, a very tough challenge, and, and Coach Gruden will have those guys ready to go next week. Correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't McVay the Washington O.C. before taking that job in L.A.? Yes, because the Carolina uh, assistant went to Buffalo okay. and Sean McDermott. So, yes, that is correct. All right, so you got the Rams. Are they for real? They almost hung 50 on their opponent last week. They almost went 50 spot. Can they do enough to beat Washington in Washington? Guess what? I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams, too. I think Washington is overrated, and I think the Rams are still a little underrated. Uh, I like L.A. in this game. Uh, I don't like the way this is shaping up because I was going to go against the grain and take my guy Wade Phillips and the Rams. Well, I purposely took a, a game that I didn't want to take because I, I don't like you. I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to do it. I'm sticking with my pick. I'm going with the Rams. I don't, I don't buy Washington. I, there's a reason why the Redskins haven't given Kirk Cousins a long-term deal. Kirk Cousins isn't that good. Yeah. He's not going to know what, what, what hit him when Wade Phillips brings now Aaron Donald and that defense to the nation's capital. I love the Rams in this one. See what the kiddos think. The Redskins are going to beat the Rams. Redskins taking it home. All right, this is becoming way too predictable. No, they took Washington. They went Washington. They finally went different than oh! me. My bad. Next game, please. Doug Baldwin. We all know that football is going to come to an end. Let's be honest. Football is a game. It's not us out uh, on the street saving lives or, or as doctors or as police officers or whatever it may be. We play a sport. We play a game. And so we like to talk about things that are a little bit bigger than just the, the sport, you know, things that actually matter in life. Doug Baldwin, profound, football is a game. And he's not saving lives. The Seahawks take themselves way too serious. That team is so not fun. I mean, really, they're just not fun at all. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. Really appreciate that insight. Ugh. They have a lot of mouthpieces on that team, don't they? God, I dislike that team. And then you got the gum chewer on the sideline. Well, Seattle's at home against San Francisco, and that's another two-touchdown spread. Give me the Hawks by a lot. Uh, I think Seattle wins, too, but I don't think by a lot. That offense looked putrid last week against the Packers. 
Uh, I think they win, but San Francisco is going to cover this spread easily. Yeah, I'm with you. If I was in Vegas, I'd be betting on San Francisco. If we're just picking winners, I will take Seattle. Tell me what the kids think. Seahawks and 49ers. Seahawks are so much better, so I'm just going to say Seahawks and just leave it like that. Just leave it like that. Yep, that's Really it. nothing else to say. That's all you got to do. Aaron Rodgers, what you got? But the key of the game is our defense. Our defense plays like that, and we're going to be tough to beat. Uh, they were uh, fantastic. Big turnover that uh, got us uh, seven points, a six-yard field, uh, one-play touchdown drive when our offense was stalling. That kind of got everybody going. Um, but, yeah, they were the uh, the stars of the game for sure. Did you hear, like, um, Aaron Rodgers is a fix-it guy? He helped out. Who was it? The former Wisconsin basketball player that now plays for the Clippers. Decker. Sam yeah, Decker. Sam wasn't Decker. It? Didn't he fix his trash disposal? Yeah, he got underneath the sink, did a little handyman work. Have you ever tried to fix a trash disposal? Those things can be very scary. You get like a little spoon, an espresso spoon stuck in the disposal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have a special espresso spoon? Well, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, when you when you you're sh- the only person at this table that has an espresso. He said spoon. it like, of course, of everyone course. has one. But when do you, you guys clean your espresso spoon? When you guys it. drink your espresso, do you black. use a regular size spoon? No, you, you can't. I drink it black. What do I need a spoon for? You need a spoon for the sugar. You can't have espresso without sugar. Why? That's ridiculous. You're a communist. What's the game? Uh, it's the Sunday night game. It's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. It's Green Bay and Atlanta opening that brand new stadium. Man, Atlanta did not look good in Chicago. No, they had a Super Bowl hanger. They did not look. I, you know what? I, I'm going to take the Packers. I think they're going to spoil the debut of that shiny new stadium. Yeah, I think Atlanta needs more than three Advil and a Gatorade. This hanger is going to last all season. Give me Green Bay. Man, again, I thought I was going to go against the grain and take the Packers and, and be different, but I'm right there with you guys. I like Green Bay going on the road and beating Atlanta. Kids. I just think that the Packers don't have as many star players than the Falcons do, and I think the Falcons are going to take it home. Yeah, they'll do that. against the grain. By the way, earlier I said the Rams game was in Washington. That game's actually in L.A. It's in the Coliseum, correct? Yeah. 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 That's in L.A. All right. Well, that might have changed my thought. Nope, it's not. I'm sticking with the Rams. All right. uh, The finale will feature, of course, the Cowboys against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Get him on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, get him on the ground. Um, You know, you know, great running backs like that. Um... They could take a, a little bit of daylight and and go all the way with it. You know, we, we played Asian Peterson, I think it was two years ago, and that was the same way. You know, at any given time. So you can uh, be you can, you know, really be pitching a no hitter and then boom, home run, you know, towards the end of the game. That's what happened to us when we played, you know, AP. You know, they're two totally different backs. Um, but they're both they're both elite. And um, if you give them any type of daylight, which is hard to keep it, you know, dark on the offensive line. And the defensive line, because they have a great, they have a great, they have a great offensive line. So, you know, any any bit of day. Man, Ezekiel Elliott is a load, as Von Miller just said. There, I'd love to see somebody just smash him, just smash him, meet him head on in the hole. Well, it ain't gonna be this week. Twenty-four seventeen Broncos. You know what drives me crazy about Ezekiel when he does the soup thing yes. after he gets the I want first him to down? Smash. He does the stupid little soup thing. Keep feeding me. I hope he doesn't do the soup thing once this weekend. I hate the soup thing. I hate Zeke. I hate the Cowboys. Give me the Broncos. I hate his face. Well, you can make your pick on who you hate, or you can make your pick on who's the better team. Dallas can run the football better than any team in the NFL. The Broncos last year were about as bad as you can be in stopping the run. I don't know what they've done this year to improve it, unless you guys are just enamored with 
Pecco and Gotsis and oh hey Cricker's back. Yeah, you know that that'll, that'll really change. You know things. that Gotsis was number one ranked against the run of all defensive tackles in football last week. Number one. Okay, fine. Number one. Just you so can, you know, you can have him. And you're the guy who said last week, "Watch, you gotta come back." And Gotsis is gonna play awful. Well, you can have him this week because he's gonna be on his butt. Okay, all game. Long Ezekiel is gonna uh, he's gonna run wild. I think Dallas wins this game easily. God, I want to hit you across the face. Easily, espresso spoon, probably by ten plus. This is the pick we've been waiting for. By the way, let's see what Manchester's kids think. I think the Broncos are gonna win because you know Simeon and I had a great camp. No, I'm just kidding. The Cowboys are easily gonna win. I think the Broncos are gonna be worse than the Jaguars. Yep. Simeon, <laughs> great you, camp. What, nah, just what are kidding. With these guys? Broncos are going to be worse I mean, than the Jaguars. I feel so bad for your children. <laughs> uh, like, think about it. Look at how you're raising them. <laughs> you calling sarcasm? I'm calling social services right now. He's eight years old and he has had a great camp sarcasm. Can this we hear kid, that one more time? We got to hear. We got to hear. Dan, cue that up one more time. You got to listen to the sarcasm in his voice. Yes. And then the end of this, the little dig from the other one. I think the Broncos are going to win because, you know, Simeon and I had a great camp. No, I'm just kidding. The Cowboys are easily going to win, I think. The Broncos are going to be worse than the Jaguars. Yep. I, I, I mean, I, I feel sorry for our future. Uh, that was priceless. You know, I, you know what? I'm taking them out for ice cream tonight. <laughs> Simeon had a great camp. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> Some new information on Jared Crick, by the way. You mentioned Jared Crick. Oh, Cricker. Cricker. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he may not play. Oh. He may not play at all You want to rethink your pick? No. I got, you're no. fine with Gatsas? He was number one ranked by uh, the guys in the basement in London? Broncos are going to win that by seven. And uh, when we come back next week, you and the kids will get lashed by an espresso <laughs> spoon. That's how it's going to work on this show. Uh, I've never loved my boys more. On the road at Avs training camp, we heard from Jared Bednar in the first hour. Joe Sackick expected to join us sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. Welcome to Altitude 950 on the road. That is the end of Picks Week 2. See ya next time. Hey, I think all quarterbacks are vulnerable to pressure when it's a longer D&D, when you have more time to get to them. But the way they play, it's it's so many third and shorts. The ball's gone so fast. I mean, I mean, he can he can see the coverage and have his read pre-snap, and the ball's gone. You know, so you don't have time to really pressure the guy. But obviously, if you get him in longer third downs, right? Our scheme can take over. You know, Vaughn can have a day there. So, and our our first goal is to stop the run. You know, and to put those guys behind the sticks. If we do that, then we have a chance to make him uncomfortable. If we don't. I mean, it's it's going to look the way it's looked. It's going to be very, very comfortable for that team. Yeah, Van St. Lyon, the key to stopping the Cowboys is stopping them on first down, to be honest with you. If Ezekiel Elliott gets five, six yards a chunk, then it makes it awfully tough to stop that offense. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. Live here at the Family Sports Center, we await the, uh, the Avs kicking off their training camp. We heard from Jared Bednar in the first hour. We await Joe Sackett coming up here momentarily. Uh, a lot of Avalanche fans already here. I love the fact that they open up camp to the fans and everybody's allowed to watch. This is cool. Now yeah. You can just stroll right in, sit yeah. up in the stands, yeah. see what's happening. Now, now Dario on uh, Twitter says, Vic, you're literally at the coldest and loudest spot on the ice. Well done. And I can vouch for that. Although you're colder than I am. I'm not as cold. You're like freezing over here. What's wrong? Oh, with you? I feel like I'm at a Bronco game in December. I'm fine. 
I'm, I'm not I can't feel my toes. Really? Did you wear like wool socks? Oh, Do you have like heated socks? I'm just like a normal human. Oh, you had you? Some I think I'm secret. somewhere in between you two. I'm I'm not gonna pretend like I'm warm, but I'm also not getting hypothermia. Oh my I'm God. a small man too. I'm not wearing anything it's special. 50-50 if I'm back here on Monday. Wearing sweats. Now the pace, pneumonia. pace of play is gonna be a little different here in a few minutes, right? Because we saw some guys playing pickup hockey to begin the show. Yeah, uh, you were ripping them. Yeah. Well, they probably get here at five in the morning for this stuff, man. It's but they weren't really moving around. That was my only criticism. No, they were but just sort of just skating in a circle. There was, there was no movement. Right now, they're all sitting at a desk working on a spreadsheet, and you were ripping them for their effort. Well, I'm just yeah, you're here in your sweatpants <laughs> doing radio. If you're gonna come out and yeah. play, giving play. out bro hugs, at least yeah. move. You know, eating bagels. That's been his big accomplishment. Somebody today. on the text line. Somebody on the text line did uh, say, "Hey, Vic, if there's no goalies, which they didn't have goalies, they did he, not. They're, they're not supposed to. It's it's gentlemanly not to play hard. So if you're not going to play what? hard, why play? It's gentlemanly to not, not play not hard, to skate hard. What's the point? Like, if there's no goalie, what's the point of skating after the puck and scoring? Right? You just sort of, I, I don't know. I'm not buying this. I don't. I don't like that plan. I would have offered HWs a goalie if they had asked. I mean, there, there's plenty of goalies. If you're going to play without goalies, why don't they use these little half nets? That's yeah, what they should use. Those little quarter cool. nets. That's a good point. Put That's those what in. they should do. I think it's pretty cool that the public's allowed to skate on the same ice where the Avs are, are set to start right now here. You know, you, you got two sessions with the Avs, and we had a couple dudes just running in circles here an hour ago. Yeah. Got yeah. rolled by the Zamboni, ready to go. A few texts coming in that I want to get your thoughts on, Vic. 3962 says. Espresso spoons are a necessity for the sugar cube. Darn right they are. So that's why you use them? Yes. So you got to have. Yeah. You are st- that is so. Oh, I'm sitting in upper class on no, the Titanic. That's called being Italian. I've got my, I've got my sugar cube. Yeah, you, you're so are you a, you're a sugar cube guy. You gotta have sugar in your espresso. You can't have straight espresso. Fine, you but must it, not have the right espresso. Sugar cube is a whole different level. A uh, couple different takes on the degenerates. First one here, Manchester. This is gonna make you mad. Please don't make us listen to the kids again. They sound cute and all, but it's not entertaining or informative. Well, that's fine. Well, the, I, I bet you this guy wasn't nine and three last week. That guy yeah. doesn't have kids. And also, dude, there's six to eight second clips. We're not asking <laughs> the kids for some real hard hitting analysis. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Adam. James is cold, just like his soul. Oh. All right, well, we'll get a good one here from Will. The three two zero two. The degenerates are the best radio in Denver sports. See, there you go. Take so, take that. Opposite other texter. side of the coins. Uh, 1757, love the little degenerates putting Manchester on blast about hard knocks. <laughs> what did they say uh, about hard knocks? They just, made, they just referenced hard knocks, which, you know, basically. Hard knocks called, is pretty right, vulgar. So pretty publicly. You have three kids. Correct. Eight, ages 11, 8, and 5. So when you watch hard knocks together and the, the curse word starts, spe- what, what do you do? How do you... How do you deal with that? Uh, well, I warn them ahead of time. Okay. Hey, we're going to hear some curse words. This yeah. is how it is in the real world. Okay. It's gonna, how it's going to be as you go on in yeah. sports. Don't, don't These are not things you're supposed to say at school right. or in public or really any time. Uh, I don't say anything to my kids. I just watch. <laughs> Your kids are a little older. Well, even when they were younger. The five-year-old tends to repeat everything he hears. Well, obviously, after listening to those picks, they all repeat everything they hear. So you got to give them a little bit of warning on these things. Simeon had a great camp. Just kidding. <laughs> 1189 says, uh, this is from Kevin. Hey, guys, I just want to say getting a see the behind the scenes yesterday with Scott and Julie was amazing. You run a tight ship, James. Okay. Hey, all right. And I'm starting That's to good. learn a little more about pickup hockey. Uh, Thanks, 6554 Kevin. says no goalies mean that you play for the posts to score goals. If you hit the post, it's a goal. Really? I okay. See. All okay, right. my bad. I, I just Now that's a better game. That again, makes sense. Yes. Now you got something to play for. 
Although I don't know if practicing shooting at the post is really what you want to do, but whatever. That makes some sense. Again, I'm not an, ex- an expert when it comes, but didn't it seem to me that they were playing at a very low pace? That there was nothing happening? Yes, there was a lack of energy on the ice. And they were younger guys. It's not like they were elderly gentlemen. <laughs> Avalanche coaches just took the ice. Coach Bednar coming across right now. We're getting ready to go here, man. Now he's got more energy. Look at that. You know, I joked around when I said this earlier. Would he qualify as the most fit coach in Colorado pro sports history? Think about fit. Pro sports history. Yeah, think about fit coaches, guys who look the part. Certainly not Ken Hitchcock, okay? <laughs> uh, what about Shanny in the You know who was fit? Walt Weiss was fit. Yes. Yes, he was. Walt Weiss was, that guy was ripped when he was managing the, the Rockies. Vance Joseph's pretty put together. Yes, he is. You know, it's not like he's a big blob out there. Jim Leland. Jim Leland with a, a heater and a <laughs> shot of Jack. <laughs> uh, it's that time of day. Yesterday we gave away Jason Aldean tickets. Congratulations to, a couple to different our winners, folks, by yes. the way. Uh, it's that time now where we ask our Power 5 question of the day. What can we not get enough of today? So hot right now. Let's dive into the Power 5. All right, yesterday after uh, the, the show, we had to do a photo shoot. Yes. Which I'll just give you a little behind the scenes here. Vic was super comfortable. He's done about a thousand of those yes, things. He was in his element. These guys were like nervous. I wasn't nervous. I just didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's awkward. Just sit there and smile. It's, it's not that awkward. hard. Anyways, we we uh we do have to hit a break here, but we'll get our power five question in. We want him coming in three zero nine three three on the Reem Pro Partners text line. This is not because Manchester and I got to take a photo with Vic, but it got me thinking. We want to know the coolest person you've ever taken a photo with. So it's like the Doug Ottawa, Barack Obama photo. Exactly. The one Vic loves to tweet out. Yeah. The guy was shirtless with the leader of the, <laughs> the world. I mean, come on. He was full torso. The guy with the nuclear codes. He was, was ridiculous. Half naked. 30933. Tell us the coolest person you've ever taken a photo coolest. with. We'll find a prize for you, and we'll read some of our favorite on the I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. So we'll read them up next. Don't forget our text numbers. 30933. Avalanche players have arrived. Uh, the first session, they have two different sessions of practice this morning for training camp. Just saw the captain, Gabriel Landeskog, walk in. So we will give you uh, some play-by-play, and we'll hear from Joe Sackick also right here from Altitude 950 on the road at Avs Camp. We're back after this. I mean, bottom line is, is Matt's a pro. Like, yeah. he's, he's a prideful guy. Um, you know, he's an elite player. And I expect him to come in here and, and, and work hard and, and be a good teammate and, and help our team win. And that's um, – I, I don't think he'd be here if he wasn't willing to do that. So uh, I'm going to sit down with him a little bit and talk today. I know he's had a tough goal of it. It, it, it. That's a tough situation to be in for a guy. Um, but but I think our, our, his team's welcoming back. He's here ready to go. Um, we're all in this together. So I'm looking forward to getting on the ice with him. That's Jared Bednar about an hour ago here on the Vic Lombardi Show. We're live at Avalanche Training Camp, uh, the first of two sessions going on right now. Two de- different sheets of ice. They happen to be on the sheet opposite the facility here. So if it doesn't sound like they're skating, they are. They're just not skating in front of us. I feel kind of like I went to the drive-in movie, and I'm like the first guy there. First and of all, the there's... drive-in movie, you're speaking to a certain generation there, all right, bro? <laughs> but there's two screens. I'm yeah. first one there, and I, I get my spot. I got the perfect spot. I'm looking at the screen that's on the east side, 
They fire up the movie and they start showing it on the West. Yeah, that's what I. That's what we just did. It's the last drive-in movie you've been to. Oh boy, I think I saw like Men in Black. They're they're, they're making a little <laughs> bit of a comeback now. You know? Yeah, it's retro. Yeah, they might as well. No, you know what? I went to one that down by the Merchandise Mart on 58th and I-25. They've got a drive-in there. And uh, my little guy got injured jumping into the back of the truck before the movie started, and we had to go to the uh, emergency room. So we tried to go. Told you I was going to call social services. But he did the face plant and uh, had, to get, uh, had to get some stitches. All right, our Power 5 question of the day. Repeat it. The coolest person you've ever taken a photo with. Uh, we've got some good ones coming in. Could use some more. 309. Oh, and by the way, 1203 on the text line makes a good point. You guys better make sure they prove it with a, with a picture or it doesn't count. Ooh. We can't just have some yeah. guy randomly tell us what yeah. the photo is. You got to prove it, right? If, oh. there's a, if there's a photo, send it to us. Had a photo with Heidi Klum. Well, prove it. Yes, you got to either text it to us or tweet it to us at altitude nine fifty. How's that? There you go. A few coming in two eight seven three. I got a picture with Cody McLeod at a Broncos game. We'd like Clo- Cody McLeod. And in parentheses, he wrote, "Definitely not Kyle Keith, who I also took a photo with that same day." <laughs> That's uh, an unnecessary dig. <laughs> That puts that texture in the lead. Yeah, I like it. It's pretty uh, great. 6769 got an epic selfie with Rocky, the mascot, in an elevator at the Pepsi Center. 4169, I got a pick with Dolly Parton at a charity event when I was a kid. I got caught with my eyes fixed on what she's known for. All right, again, you got to prove it. Send us the photo. Two days in a row, we've had a Dolly Parton reference on this yeah, show. Yeah, you made the reference yesterday. 2710, I was deployed in Afghanistan and got a picture with Neil Armstrong when he visited wow. us. Wow, that's cool. That is super That's cool. really cool. Yeah, nice uh, nice of Neil to go over there and glad I got a pick with him. Uh, Jeremy's my number one uh, leader in the clubhouse. I was able to take a picture with Vic when he came to talk to our broadcasting class at the Ohio Center for Broadcasting. Hey, there you go. All right. You better read the second part of that text, though. Uh, I don't know who the coolest person I took a picture with is, though. <laughs> <laughs> I Are knew you you'd won't. only read the first sentence. <laughs> uh, another unnecessary dig. We may have a tie. What's the prize today? Uh, we're coming up with one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We All gave right. away Jason Aldean yesterday. Come I know on. we gave away double Jason Aldean. Why didn't we'll you do two yesterday yeah, t- if we have nothing today? Yeah, I tell you what, we're going to give away. team is here, on your no, no, no. getting those given out. Here's what we're, out. Let, me, here, let me tell you what we're giving away today. We're here at Avs Camp. We're in a facility with a bunch of hockey sticks. They're sitting right in front of us. We're just going to take one of them and give it away. <laughs> you can we're just going to steal equipment. Yes, we're taking a hockey stick. Jesse, you take it. We're taking a hockey stick, and we're going to give it away to our winner today on the text line. That's how it's going to work. A238 has a great text. My wife and I organized the Northern Colorado Night to Shine event, which is an annual prom for people with special needs. It's sponsored by the Tim Tebow Foundation. Tebow came to visit us last year the morning before the event. Such a genuine and awesome guy. Snagged a great picture with him, too. Caleb writes in, uh, I got free tickets to a Warrant concert. What, what's Warrant? Help me out. Is that like They're a, like a hair band, band back in the oh, 80s, okay. like Def Leppard like and a Mosier Warrant. kind of band. The song Cherry Pie. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect Mosier. Yeah. Uh, Great no, video, I had no idea way. who they were, but I got pretty hammered and somehow met the lead singer afterwards. Yeah, I'm not Thanks, sure. Caleb. Would you even know it was the lead singer of Warrant? Uh, like, you know, some of these bands you know, Brett Michaels, Poison. Who's in Warrant? Nobody knows. I, didn't know who they were. I mean, I know who Warrant is, but I don't know who's in Warrant. Danny says he got a picture with Michael Jordan. Well, again, prove it. If you're going to win the uh, stolen hockey stick, you have to send the photo. Tweet us at Altitude950. Yes. Tweet Vic at Vic Lombardi. How about you guys? What are, what's, your, what's your vote? Coolest well, photo I've ever taken. I got a couple, but I'm not sure which one would qualify. Um, I've got one with Obama. 
when I was playing basketball. Okay. All right. I've got one. That's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. I've got, you know, one with, let me think, who was the other? Oh, did you see the one with Barry Switzer and uh, Joe yeah. Namath in their fur coats? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was, a, was that at Super Bowl 48? Yeah, Super Bowl 48. That's what it was. Uh, I got one. Well, there's two that stand out. One when I was a little kid with Bill Romanowski at an Avs game. He sat right in front of us, and that was in, like, the peak Roided out Romo age, which was kind of cool. Was this like back in the same day and age when you were stalking Ray Bork at the at the Lapeep Pancake House? <laughs> no, was. That was McNichols. <laughs> uh, but my favorite photo might be, and we did it in jest, and he didn't even know we were messing around. We were a few pops deep at Super Bowl Fifty, and Mark Davis walks into the to the <laughs> lobby of the hotel. Yep. And, and, oh, that's outstanding. And Vic, we just start going. What, what's now? It's slipping my mind. What's their stupid tagline? Just win, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Just win, baby. Just win. And Mark goes, "Let's get a photo." So we took a fo- <laughs> photo with Mark Davis and his stupid haircut. I mean, just look at. This, and uh, we were kind of trolling him. Just, so just, I'll go with that. Just look at that photo. That is still my favorite celebrity photo. Vic of all is time. currently showing us Doug Ottawell, uh naked, basically naked, with his For arm most around part. Barack Obama. I mean, he's naked. Now, you may he, have to tweet. He, he it wasn't again. President Obama at that time. He was about to give his DNC speech, correct? correct. Yes. You know, I don't really have. I can't think of many photos I've taken with celebrities. I think it was Super Bowl forty-eight on Radio Row, though, and Jesse Jackson stopped by. Got now, a picture with him. Say what you will about Jesse Jackson, the politics, and all the rest of that stuff. That is a guy who has been on hand for some of the most historical moments. In the last 50 years? Yes. So to sit right next to him and then have a picture taken with him was kind of cool. So I guess that would be mine because I don't really, I don't have a lot. I don't have like, you know, Alyssa Milano who rolled through and producer didn't grab him. I don't know what everybody was doing, but, you know, that's, that's going to be my nomination. I lose this competition with you two guys. All right, let's see some of the other ones coming on the text line. Uh, the Michael Jordan one, again, you got to prove it. Brother-in-law got a picture with Judge Reinhold of Seinfeld's Closer Talk fame. He was a great sport about it, willing to get grill to grill. Their lips were almost touching. <laughs> you know okay. what that reminds me of is when the, real quick, when the Big Show came into studio last year with you and Kyle. Remember that, Vic? Oh, that wrestler dude? The big, he was like, he's like 7 feet, yeah, 400, yeah. and Keith stared him in the eyes, and the Big Show stared him back and like made Keith start trembling to get the photo. And then Keith goes, you're pretty good at this. And Big Show goes, you know I'm a professionally paid actor, right? Yeah. <laughs> I rode up the elevator with Big Show. And so I was in the elevator first. He got in, and the whole car dropped like two inches. He's like seven foot four. Guy was enormous. Guys, wait till you see Sunday at Mile High Stadium because the stars, the celebs, they always come out at night, right? Because Monday Night Football, we had all kinds of big names on the sideline. But with the Cowboys in town, you watch. It's going to be a who's who at Mile High Stadium watching that game on Sunday. And, by the way, I said this already, this has to be among the top five toughest tickets for a Broncos regular season game in history. It's got to be. The aftermarket on some of these tickets is ridiculous. Go ahead, try it. Try an aftermarket ticket right now for a Broncos-Cowboys game. It is not easy. It's two of the five most popular teams in the NFL. And they're both undefeated, right? I mean, you put New England in there probably, although I don't know New England travels all that well, but Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Dallas, I don't know that any teams travel better than those three. Denver's always a tough ticket anyway. So, yeah, I I, I would buy that it's it's probably the highest 
secondary market so resale value. Let me ask you this question, and I'm curious because I know the Broncos went out of their way to stop this kind of activity. They don't want Bronco fans selling tickets to Cowboys fans, and I understand it. But no, that's not their beef. They don't want Broncos fans making money off their tickets. Okay. And if it's a Cowboys fan that buys it, that's Makes even it even worse. worse. I'm just curious. What's your number? You're a Bronco fan. You're listening to this broadcast. you got season tickets. You're going to the game. Everybody's got a number. Don't lie to me. What's your number? I'll tell you what the number should be. Okay. Let's just let's just use 100 as an easy, easy example. Well, let's save that. Let's save when we come back. Okay. What's your number? By the way, I've got the StubHub pulled up for this Broncos-Cowboys game, too. Interesting numbers here. And, and on Sunday, the Rockies have a game at the exact same time, right? Uh, maybe an yeah, hour earlier. Game, yeah. 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 Curious to see the turnout there. I mean, I know it's the San Diego Padres, but every game counts now. 15 to go. 15 to play. Down the stretch they come. You got the Vic Lombardi Show at Avalanche Training Camp right here on Altitude 950. Welcome back to Ice Level here at Family Sports Center. Manchester is freezing his toes off. HW seems to be all right. I'm starting to chatter myself now. I was poking fun at Manchester about a half an hour ago, but I think the chill has caught up to me. Jesse seems fine. No, no, no. You can't see his hands when he's trying to type. He was trying to type, but they were shaking. Really? That or he's having some sort of convulsion episode. <laughs> well, next break, we could go run outside for like two minutes. Probably make all the difference. And warm up? Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, why are we surprised? It is ice. It, it cannot be warm to have ice, right? Yeah, we definitely didn't put two and two together. That, that's the problem here. Should have been simple to know. Covering the abs, you got to have some thick skin in more ways than one. you got to be thick-skinned, okay? We'll talk to Joe Sackett coming up a little later. Some news emerging from Dove Valley this morning. Several reports saying that Jared Crick, who missed the opener with what they called back spasms, it happened to him in the middle of training camp, it could be more than that. He could have to face surgery on his back, and if that's the case, he gone. This is another example of, I wonder, does... Vance Joseph know what's going on with his team. Well, I saw it happen. I'll never forget the day Jared Crick went down. The three of us were sitting yeah, there. We all yeah. get off that car. And, and, and it looked bad. He it looked like he was in immense pain. I remember the, 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 the back spasm thing. And I was like, back spasms? It looked like a guy couldn't even walk. I get it. But you remember when the rumor broke that T.J. Ward was going to get traded? And they asked Vance Joseph after practice. He's like, no. He's one of the best players on our team. Obviously didn't know what's going on. Here was Vance Joseph's quote yesterday after practice about Jared Crick. I wouldn't say setback. We're just being really smart with him. We want him to get healthy so he can help us in the future. Then today he's under the knife. He has no idea what's going on with this team. None. Coach's fib. Coach's lie. That's not a fib. Coach. That's that's just being out of touch. He doesn't know what's going on. All right, the question I posed before the break, because you know what's happening this weekend, especially with a ton of Cowboy fans ready to descend upon the Mile High City, their precious boys in town. What's your number? If you're a season ticket holder, if you're a passionate, loyal Bronco fan, would you sell? How much would it take for you to sell? How much are your tickets? Yeah, they're like 125 Okay. What would it take? I think if you can pay for your entire season, you sell. That'd be, my, that'd be my vote. So you multiply it by 10. Are you a bad fan if you do that? No. I think you're smart. Now, for years and years and years, I had a, I had a policy. I wouldn't sell my tickets. I had a policy. I'd give them away. You had a four-step plan for the Rockies, too. Policies and I had plans. a policy. I wouldn't sell them. Yeah. But I, I, if you went, you had to root for the Broncos. I would not give them to you if you were going to go root for the other team. But the, the numbers and the, the cost has got to a point where it's like, you know, that policy went out the window. 
at some point, practicality has to kick in. So it would say it would be ten times face value. That's the number. Cheapest get in the door ticket for this weekend. You can buy single tickets for anywhere from two fifty seven to three hundred. But if you want two together, you're looking at a minimum of 300 a pop. Wow. And we are talking upper corners of the stadium. Wow. Why would you pay $250 to sit by yourself? I, I always wondered about that, these single tickets that are for sale. Who the hell buys single tickets? Yeah, I mean, m- you must just be getting into the building and then you're just walking around. You have or, to be, yeah. You have that to makes be. no sense It's like to going me. to a movie by yourself, which you've done several times, I understand. But I, a movie, I, I don't get it. A movie by yourself, I don't understand why that's so bad. You no, that's bad. You don't talk oh, in a movie lonely. anyway. That's yeah. lonely. You what, can't are you gonna talk. going to go eat dinner by that's, yourself that's afterwards, a, That's a lonely too? life. When you go to dinner, do you talk? That's a life where people just Vic, don't like when you. when we go to dinner yeah. and our wives, are we going to talk? Well, I'll be there, too. If the four of us went to a movie, how much would we talk? I talk a lot during movies. Well, then you're that guy. Yeah. So I don't understand this stigma of going to a movie by yourself. Vic, by the way, most expensive tickets this weekend on StubHub. Uh, you want two and 107. That's at the 40-yard line. $1,140 That's each. nuts, man. That's well, More nuts. than 1100 each uh, for two first-level Hey, can you compare that? I'm just curious. Okay, so a grand for 40-yard line seats to the Cowboys-Broncos. Can you compare that? Let's find another game in the NFL. All right, give me just, one. Let's, see, let's find the cheapest ticket in the NFL. Today. All right, what's the well, worst give me, game? Give me a terrible game. Let's give me some five. guidelines here. Do Tennessee-Jacksonville. That actually is a pretty interesting game. But it's in Jacksonville. It's, Jacksonville. it's two perennial bad teams. They are dealing with a lot of recovery down there. You right couldn't now. name seven guys on either roster. All right, give me thirty Who's seconds. Who's going to go to that game? Well, now we're gonna you're gonna blame it on Irma. Is that what you're gonna do? No, but I'm just saying that's a contributor, right? Okay, all right. Uh, all right. We've got the Tennessee Jacksonville game. You can get in the door for twenty six dollars. <laughs> it's a little cheaper uh, than. <laughs> Than the other one. How about the Chargers? What can you get into the Chargers wait, wait, game wait, wait, for? Wait. No, no, no. The Raiders at Oakland where they have a With tarped the Jets? off. The Jets rolling into town. Tarped Make off. up your darn minds here. I want to know what it co- would cost me to go to the Chargers I mean, game. I'm, I'm, it's a, or how about the Rams game? It's at the Coliseum, 100,000 seats. Oh, you'll be able to get in $1,000 for a Cowboys-Broncos That's ticket. dumb. That's dumb. $1,000. And you I, know they're going to go. I don't care if you just have money to burn. That is silly. A thousand bucks? They will be purchased. But if somebody wanted to pay me a thousand dollars, I'd say, oh, "Fine, I'm, I'm at home. This I'm is good. this is actually interesting, guys. It'll cost you ninety-two bucks to get into the Raiders game this weekend." You know, I think they're in that uh, honeymoon period now, or that uh, goodbye period in in Oakland. They know that well, it's going to be gone real soon. Do they still? And this is what's interesting. If you're saying goodbye to the team, why not open up the upper level? Why are you still tarping that thing off? Yeah, it's a bad look. It's a bad look if it's not full. I don't think they could sell that many seats. Well, it's a, if it's the final season there, why wouldn't you be able to? Well, they still have what three seasons there? Is that how it is? Because they don't have the stadium ready. They got to the, build okay, the thing yeah, in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, By the way, you can get to that Chargers game for ninety-two dollars as well. All right, how about the Rams? That's the last one I want to see, and then we'll stop making you look stuff up. All right, it's just because it's a hundred thousand seat stadium. Stand by here. All right, the Coliseum. And there were forty thousand empty seats last week. Uh, looks like you can get in for 19 bucks this weekend okay. into, into the Coliseum. So $19 there, and it's $1,000 to sit at the 40-yard line here on Sunday. It's interesting, though. Yeah, that's like Super Bowl-type money. It's crazy. Who's paying that that's, to go to a week that's two more, game? That's more than I paid for tickets for Super Bowl 48. And they, there was concerns about cold weather, and you were up in the upper deck and all of I'm, that. But I'm colder still. today than I was at Super Bowl 48. Well, Super Bowl 48 ended up being warm. 
Hey, by the way, uh, Dan Tanner, I am sending you a phone number right now. Let's call this phone number live because we forgot to do this yesterday and the day before that. We need to call my missus to ask her yes. if next Friday works for the the bet that needs to be paid. I off. have put out a date of when Wait, we can Friday do this. Wait, Friday the what? Because I need to be there. Too. Friday the 22nd. Yeah, make sure your schedule's clear. Um, yeah, I think I'm clear. I think I'm clear. Let's do it here, though. We've got a few right, minutes. Let's yeah, we've line. got a few minutes here. She's not going to answer. She probably won't. Did you give her a heads up we were calling her? No. <laughs> this could be ugly. Have that dump this button This is going to go well. <laughs> Make sure that dump button's ready. All right, we're calling Vic's wife. And if uh, it goes to voicemail, then tough. Well, you got to leave a message. I don't think she'll answer. She thinks it's a marketing scheme, I guarantee it. <laughs> well, why didn't you give her a heads up? I don't know. I didn't plan very well. Ooh. Oh. He, he literally just thought of this. Mm -hmm. well, let's leave a message. Or do you want to try her a second time? Yeah, we'll you have reached the voicemail box. Yeah, of... don't worry about it. Don't give her a number out. I don't need that. Then I'll get all <laughs> trouble. Don't worry about it. All right, let's take a break right here. Joe Sackick expected to join us at some point in this final hour. We're live at Avalanche Training Camp. Also on the uh, slate tonight, we talk a lot about the, uh, the Broncos game this weekend. We're talking about the Avs. Big soccer game at Dick's Sporting Goods Park featuring the U.S. women's national team. And on that team, two Denver girls playing prominent roles. Rockies come home having lost two in a row in Arizona. Three games set against the Padres now at Coors Field. Two and a half in front of the Brewers and the Cardinals. But the Brewers and Cardinals also have... An extra game to play, so you can call it a two-game advantage with 15 left. Are you comfortable with the uh, Rockies' lead with 15 to play? Well, again, figure look, look at it. If they go 500, if they go eight and seven, then Milwaukee and/or St. Louis has to go 10 and five well, to catch. Start throwing it. math at me. 10 and, and five. not catch the Cubs in the process. Yeah, that's I mean, the big caveat. 10 and five is hot, so I, I'm not comfortable. But the the Rockies are in a position where if they basically play 500 baseball the rest of the year. They're going to win the wild card. Okay, does, does I'm it, comfortable with that. Are you a little worried with the starting pitching right now? A couple guys, I mean, listen, the last couple starts for Herman Marquez have not been good. Chad Bettis got beat up something fierce in the first inning. Well, they just outdueled the, the Dodgers four straight games. They beat Granke. I mean, the last two have been ugly. You're right. Marquez was, was not good. He got hit hard, and, and he was lucky he only gave up a run each inning when he was out there. And then Chad Bettis yesterday was... A disaster doing his Tyler Chatwood at City Field imitation, um, but I'm just going to try chalk it up to hey, that was two bad outings. We'll we'll see. But he, he, here's the thing: you got the Padres coming in for three. You have to win two out of three. You have to have to. I agree. I mean, that's 20 percent of your remaining games are this weekend against the Padres. You have to take care of business and win two out of those three. Chatty back on the hill tonight. Tyler Chatwood gets the start. 6:40. Rockies and Padres. Meanwhile. The Arizona Diamondbacks extend their lead over the Rocks. Guys, I, and I know we've talked about this, how uh, home field and that one-game wild card, I, I don't care as much. I don't care as much about that. I care more about the teams giving chase than chasing down the Diamondbacks. Well, you're not going to catch the Diamondbacks. They had to sweep Arizona or at least win 3 out of 40 and make that semi-realistic. five-game cushion. You're not, catching, you're not making up five games in 15. Story, you, you're just in, not. Uh, story in Major League Baseball, of course, is what's happening in Cleveland, which is downright magical. The only thing that relates is what the Rockies and what we experienced with Rocktober in 2007 
21 of 22, and this is even more impressive. 22 in a row. Who do you think's the biggest star on the Indians? They got a bunch of stars. That's the problem. But who's their guy that everybody wants to get their photo taken with to tie it into our Power Five question of the day? I don't know. Is that pitcher Kluber? I don't know. Kluber. Kluber. Echo Kluber. So 10 years from now, when they have the reunion of this team, everybody from this roster will be out passing out rally towels, and Kluber will hide in the clubhouse like Helton. Why do you have to? If you missed it stuff? yesterday, Todd Helton will not pass out rally towels. The other I mean, 16 just, members I'm offended. attending of October 07 tonight will. I can't believe you guys don't think this is a big deal. I think it's such a little deal. Uh, I'll just ignore it, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, Everybody else is going to go out and say hi to the fans. 22-game win streak for the Cleveland Indians. Now four shy of the Major League record. Do you know what that is? 26. 26. <laughs> <laughs> They're now four shy. <laughs> And they've won 22. It you guys know I'm just how challenging your math. Was it 1916? Then the, I don't know who they were. I think it was the New York Giants. In 1916. Yeah, 1916. That's how old that record 101 is. years ago. Holy moly. And the way the Indians, did you see the way they won last night? Having to tie it yeah. in the ninth and then go ahead in the tenth? It was well, a walk-off. And obviously. there's a little bit of an asterisk with that 26-game winning streak. They had a tie in the middle of it. Wait, wait, what? What? They won 12, had a tie, and won 14. So how, uh, they tied back then? Yeah, but it's weird. Baseball was different back then. It was, was Bud odd. League, the commissioner? I don't know. I don't know. Now, the game may not have counted in the standings, but the but the stats counted in the in, in terms of hitting and batting average and all that. I don't know. Something weird. Another reason why, by the way, I'm rooting for the Dolphins against the Chargers, not only because the Chargers are in the division. Did you hear what Melvin Ingram said when yeah. asked about what worries them about Jay Cutler facing Jay, Jay Cutler? Nothing. He said nothing does. I, I just don't like that. I, listen, you may think that. You may think it, but I hope Cutler tears them up. Me too. I really do. I hope he throws for 300 plus. I hope he plus. just wounds them, opens them right up. I'm excited to see the Adam Gase offense with Jay Cutler at quarterback, Julius Thomas at tight end, and those receivers down there. It, it, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting Offenses in the league. I mean, Landry and, and, and is it Parker? Is that the that the other guy? I'm blanking. Devontae Parker. Yeah, I um, love Jarvis Landry. I think that that offense is going to be explosive. It was one of those. That I was bu- I was bummed we didn't get to see them in Week One. I was bummed we didn't get to see Tampa because it was coming off a of hard knocks. Felt like you kind of knew some of those guys. So uh, I, I'm with you though, Vic. I hope he just tears apart the Chargers, which he will because the Chargers are terrible. Well, and they've got pretty good running back Jay Ajayi. That's right. Yes. That's right. We haven't heard a shout-out to Jay yet from the Degenerates. I'm sure we'll <laughs> get it, it at time. some point. Give so watching time. the Thursday night game last night, which was tough to watch, to be honest, Kurt Warner goes on Twitter and asks the following question. What has happened to NFL offenses? Three exclamation points and a question mark. My goodness, so much awful play early in the season. Is it coaching? Is it players? Is it practice? To which Tony Dungy responded, I think it's the practice schedule, Kurt. A lack of practice at a high tempo and very few reps for starters in preseason games. Is that the answer? And if that's the answer, man, how do you fix it? How do you fix it? I think Thursday night football just sucks in general. Yeah, I, just, I think getting I mean, rid of many, Thursday night football might be the uh, answer, how, right? How many games have we seen over the course of the last two seasons on Thursday night that have been really good games? Most of them have been bad. Very few. It's been a bad product. Yeah, but if, if it's the practice schedule, everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, so it shouldn't, so it it shouldn't right. even out. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, like everybody should be equally unprepared. I honestly believe these guys are still sore on Thursday night, and they can't play their fullest. I, I really believe the body's just not ready to play. Even in week two? I don't think the body – I mean, they just went through – look at what they did. Week one, they just went sore for the first time all year. The first real taste of soreness. It takes a full week. But, but how, how long have they been playing games on Thanksgiving? And the, the Thanksgiving game isn't always terrible. Yeah, it's the one a year. It's yeah, but you have one, you have one, you have one Thursday game a year for every team. So what's the difference if the Broncos play on December 14th on a Thursday or if the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving? It's the same turnaround. It's the same number I, of days. Just look at the games. They're not that good. The Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. games are always pretty entertaining. Am I saying it right? No. And you're just trying to get under my skin yeah. with the way you're saying yeah, it. He is. <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's I, clearly working. I just say, no, here's the here's the problem with these games, Vic. Is everybody has to have one, so they end up putting on terrible teams. You know why last night last night's game wasn't any good? Because Houston sucks and Cincinnati sucks. That's why it was a bad game. And later in the year, you know what you're going to get to see? You're going to get to see Tennessee at some point mm-hmm. and Jacksonville at some point. And, hey, here's the Jets on Thursday night. And when the Broncos go to Indianapolis and play the dog-butt Colts, that'll be a bad game, too. Not because it's on Thursday night, because it's a terrible team. All right, I think we have our winner for our Power Five. Did you see the uh, tweet come in, Danny Rendon? Yeah, Danny tweeted us. He's kind of photobombing. It's okay. He's got a photo with Michael Jordan. He's he not promised really... a photo, and he's got it. <laughs> there it is. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Danny, Danny just tweeted us again, I invented the photobomb, <laughs> LOL. That looks like an old photo. That looks like 1992. Like, That's well Michael done, Jordan. Danny. That's well done. Michael will try to sneak you a hockey stick out of this. All right, story. so when Jesse steals something from here, we'll get it to you. No, we'll get you something. Okay, just leave your name and number. Good job. We already have your name and number. You don't need to leave anything. In the meantime, let's call my wife. Now. All right, let's Apparently try this again. Dan, you still have that number? Because we have to plan this stupid dinner. You How many is Dan your wife's number? What are you thinking? Like seven? I give everyone my wife's number. Seven, seven thirty. You give it out over the air. Are you gonna have an espresso? Yeah. I'll bring my own. Do spoon. you have espresso before or after? Dinner? After. Is she okay. gonna answer this time? I hope so. She says she is. Creme brulee. No, I don't eat that crap. I kind of judge a steakhouse by the criminal. Hey, Terry. Hi. Hi. What's up? How are you? Um, I'm good. How are nothing. you? I'm good. How are you? I didn't recognize the number. Did you call? Yeah, we're we're on the radio right now. Oh. Okay. What's up? Uh, nothing. Just. Want to say hello? How you doing? Okay. I'm good. Are you at the Broncos? I have no clue what you're doing. Are you I'm at the Avs. What's going they on? Have, they have, oh. Yeah, they have okay. uh, avalanche practice. It's really cold. I didn't dress properly. You know, so, how's your day going? Good. Just getting how's ready for my audition. Okay. Yeah. I have an audition uh, today. Just wanted to talk a little bit. Vic, this is so weird. Go, go. I know, seriously. Go make us some money. The reason I'm calling, listen, the reason I'm calling is um, James is on the air with us. And I want to bet. Hi, Terry. That's that's James. I want to bet a couple months back I predicted accurately, and it was an easy, easy pickings bet that Trevor Simeon would be the starting quarterback for the Broncos heading into the season. And by winning that bet, James here and his uh, lovely wife, Amber, are going to take us out to dinner, a steak dinner of our choosing. So 
The reason we're calling is oh. next Friday night. Next Friday. Is next Friday okay. the 22nd open on our calendar? Is it open? Okay. I will make it I'm open. I'm asking you the question. Okay. Wow. All right. Is that good with you? Is there a specific yes, steak definitely. joint? Because anything goes, Terry. And Terry, for Unless once, I'll let thing. you order the lobster and I'll let you order the lobster and steak this time. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> okay. So which place? Where do you want to go? Is there any specific steakhouse? No. I don't care. Chop house. Is that where you want to go? Because it's, it's open, James, right? Anything you want. Okay. I lost the bet. I'm <laughs> picking up the tab. That's the deal. Whatever, Friday night whatever at Chop his house. wife wants is fine with me. Let his wife okay. choose. What's your audition? You keep saying it, and Vic's not taking the hint. What's the audition? Is this something we we can ask uh, about? He doesn't care. It's all, yes. it's all about Vic. Um, it's a it's a Freddie <laughs> commercial audition. <laughs> ah, very cool. Listen, you yeah. don't have to tell me it's all about Vic. I know, yeah. I know. As soon as you start bringing some money to the table, then maybe it'll be all about you. Okay. You See want you, to Terry. raise the kids? Then have a good. <laughs> Have, ha, have a good audition while I make money okay, for the thank family. Thank you, honey. Thank you. See you next Friday, Terry. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Cut her off. Uh, your conversations with your wife are priceless. Uh, why? <laughs> well, first of all, it was like four minutes of really awkward. That's and, usually and how they go. You say things to each other that, man. Like what? What are you guys like that fake nice to each other? <laughs> no. like, you want to raise the kids, Vic? <laughs> See, you know what I hate more than anything. I hate husband and wife who are fake nice to no, each other. No, I'm with you on you that. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. Like, with uh, you. Uh, let me scratch your back. Yeah. Well, it goes back into the whole best friends thing. Remember that conversation? Don't even start it. Hey, you need to save the. Uh, you want to raise the kids though, Dan? Save that. Save that. Little sound. That, that rivals Kyle. Keep going. When we come back on the Big Lombardi Show, uh, a more natural phone call. We'll go to, uh, where are we going? Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa. Ooh, we got a radio guy from Tuscaloosa. Roscoe P. Coltrane coming right up on the Big Lombardi Show. We haven't decided how we're going to play the guys, so and I wouldn't tell you if I did. So, you know, I don't mind you asking a question, but I don't need to answer it. But I will call Colorado State and tell them exactly what we want to do as soon as I get out of here. I know Mike Bobo, you know, his dad lives up by my house at Blake Rabin, so I just call him up and tell him who we're playing, when, how long, when we're putting them in, we t- tell him the whole thing. All right? Is that all right with you? So you can call him and find out. All right, see y'all later. Uh, the fun-loving Nick Saban as uh, number one ranked Alabama. Get set for Colorado State tomorrow night, 5 o'clock kickoff. You can find that game on ESPN2. We go to 102.9 The Tide Radio and joined by Ryan Fowler right now on the hotline. Hey, Ryan, thanks for joining the Vic Lombardi Show. How are you? Hey, good morning to you guys. Hope you guys are doing well out there. You guys have got a beautiful state, and uh, certainly we're looking forward to a big football game tomorrow inside Bryant City Stadium. How much uh, how much chance do you give Colorado State of even scaring Alabama in a game like this? I mean, last time they visited there, if you remember, a couple years back, it was a close game going into the fourth quarter. It was, and I think that was Jim McElwain that was uh, their head coach. He had been here under Nick Saban. I don't think they were going to sort of turn it up a little bit, but I remember, remember them being in striking distance, but I think there was just so much respect. There was the way, no way Nick Saban was going to try to run it up. And I'm not saying that was the case, but 
this is a little bit different contest. I think there's some youngsters out here for Alabama that are playing and against an up-tempo, no-huddle style team. Fastball is what Nick Saban likes to call them. You know, I think they'll catch some of these youngsters out of position. I think Colorado State will put up some points, but I don't think they'll be enough. I think Alabama wins is going away, but I still – I mean, I have the Rams putting up 17 points, which is maybe the highest total that I've seen here uh, in Tuscaloosa from some of the local people. I respect what Colorado State's yeah. able to do. Will Friend's a big offensive mind. So I think they'll come in and have some success, especially against the injury and a young defensive side of the football. Uh, is Alabama, based on just physicality, are they going to play pretty conservative offensively and just run the ball, just use their size and strength to win a game like this? Yeah, you know, I think so. Um, they, if, if what you just said to the Alabama fan, they would absolutely hug your neck. I mean, that's what they want Alabama football to be. But for the last few years under Lane Kiffin, and then they were told throughout the offseason that it would be that this going you know going into it, they would go back, more back to the pro style. But really, we really haven't seen that so far. They've, they've been in just about as many spread formations as they have been pro style since. So Alabama fans would love to do what you just said, outman people, power, point of attack, you know, beat that guy across from you. But they really haven't done that. And right now, if you put me, you know, in a chair and said, you've got to tell me this offensive identity, I don't think they have one right now. So that's – it keeps me guessing. I'm sure it keeps the opponents guessing because I don't really know what they really want to be right yet. Uh, Two games into it, I've watched a lot of practice. I I see the same thing in practice, too, in camp. I don't know if they know what they want to be on the offensive side of the football. And maybe they're still trying to test out Jalen Hurts to see what he gets. Talking to Ryan Fowler of Tide 1029 in Tuscaloosa. Ryan, what's it like dealing with Nick Saban? Is he just a gruff old dude, or is he cool behind the scenes? Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, Nick Saban is read incorrectly from outside of here. I love it when he goes on those rants. I mean, you, you do talk radio, man. You love it when a coach goes off and gives you that heat a little bit. He's everything that you're looking for in, in a coach. He gives you everything you're looking for, whether we're talking about, you know, if you ask him a question, most of the time he's not going to sidestep it. But, I mean, you know, the guy asked if, you know, who was going to play at what time, and Nick Saban's not going to reveal that. I've been covering him since he arrived here at Alabama. It, it looks worse than it really is. If you're in that room and he's going on one of these rants, like I said in the front row, it's hard for me not to show disrespect by just busting out laughing because it's almost it's fabricated sometimes. I mean, he'll go on rant that grabs the media attention and sometimes even takes it away from his football team. It's just really unique. I mean, he's one of these sports psychologist guys that will sell you on something, but really he may be just using it as a distraction for something that, that may be really happening. So he's he's a Un got to cover. He gives you tons of quotes. Man, listen, he's not going to small talk with you. You're, you're not going to go out there and go, man, how's the mom in them? No, 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 no. It's, I mean, how's the weather? No, you, you don't get that. He, he's business. It's all business. But when he's in that press conference, he'll ask. He'll answer most questions if you ask. So you, you do sports talk radio in Alabama, correct? Is that what you do for a living? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Four hours a day, two until six, 
and that is uh, we talk Alabama football 52 weeks out of the year, four hours a day, five days a week. And that's it. There's no other sport. I mean, you guys don't talk like soccer or hockey or NASCAR. It's all football all the time. No, man, if I brought – listen, and I love uh, hockey. I went out and watched one of the Avalanche games a couple, uh, couple last year, and I love what you guys are able to do. I love, But, but if I brought that up on my show, man, my, my, my audience, I could watch them just falling off the cliff. I could watch my numbers just begin to drop. No, it's just it's, – it's Alabama football. It's preseason football. It's recruiting. It's spring football. We hit a little bit of basketball. Really, it's all back to Nick Saban and Alabama football. We we live it, we breathe it, and you know it shows like mine that you know help create this this interest. But I mean, I'm a mile and a half away from the university, so I'm right here in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people from outside of the area dial into our show just because they want to stay up to date with everything happening around Alabama football, whether it's recruiting or spring football or right now. I mean, it's 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 easier to do a show between September and January than it is some of the off season. Well, it's going to be fun to watch CSU, see what they got. Uh, I mean, listen, it would be, and I've told the boys here, the greatest upset in the history of Colorado sports. That's how I look at it. If Colorado State, as 28-and-a-half-point dogs, were to venture into Tuscaloosa and somehow win that game. But needless to say, we'll be watching. Ryan, thanks for a few minutes this morning. Appreciate your time, my man. Hey, no doubt, and hopefully we'll show you guys a lot of Southern hospitality and welcome you to Bryant City Stadium. Look forward to doing that tomorrow evening. You guys have a good trip down. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Ryan. Take care, buddy. Appreciate it. That's uh, Ryan Fowler from Tide 1029 in Alabama. What's up, Captain? Gabriel Landeskog walking by as uh, they complete the first session of hockey here at uh, Avs training camp. That guy was nice, man. He was, like, too nice, Will. Can you give me something? I mean, I couldn't even argue with him. It was going to show us a little hospitality this Holy weekend. Holy Yeah. No, it was uh, not uncomfortably Such nice. A good but dude. like I was uncomfortable. No, it was uh, uncomfortable. Well, it was too nice to Manchester. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I really I, likes our state. By the way, I'm gathering. Likes our, likes our hockey team. <laughs> terrible text right now for the next segment. Do you have a few? Dude, we didn't read some of these on Tuesday. And oh, I'm a, really? I'm a little nervous. Oh, bring them. That's great. Yeah. No, but like. They're really mean. That's totally fine. That's a, listen, these are the same idiots who were tweeting me at halftime when the guy had thrown for 65 yards. They, I mean, come on. I like, like, like I'm going to be worried about what these folks All have right, to say. Save it. Send All them right, over. But going back to Tuesday, three zero nine three three. Get in while you can. I can't wait to hear it. When we come back, we're also going to talk about what's taking place at Dick's Sporting Goods Park tonight. If you're a soccer fan, the U.S. Women's National Team is playing. And that team features two Colorado girls. We'll discuss final segment coming up from Avs Training Camp on Altitude 950. We are live at Avalanche Training Camp as uh, the fellas are conditioning. Man, that looks hard. They're skating back and forth. I think they're taking four laps, and they are breathing heavily. That looks a lot tougher than it looks. Trust me. EJ's ready to go, too. EJ's next. Let's go, man. That's why he doesn't use teeth. It's easier to breathe without front teeth. That's right. No drag at all, as he says. Uh, so the abs are rolling here as we're getting set to broadcast all day from Avalanche Training Camp. Welcome back to Altitude 950. Let's go to the hotline. Tonight at Dick Sporting Goods Park, also on national television, it's the U.S. women's soccer team taking on New Zealand. That's an 8 o'clock start. Joining us, the director of broadcasting, for your Colorado Rapids, 
is Richard Fleming. Richard, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Vic? Very good. What do we expect to see out of this game tonight? Because the U.S. team always seems to thrive when they play at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. How good is New Zealand? How, how close a game will this be? I think it's going to be closer than, than maybe a year or so ago. This is a, a U.S. women's team that world world champions, of course, won the World Cup in, in 2015. But I do think this is a, a, a national side, similar to the men, in, in a sense. It's in a, in a period of, of transition. They won the World Cup. Um, a couple of the, uh, the, the the more senior players that were involved in that uh, success uh, two years ago have, have moved on, have retired. And they're bringing the, the next wave through. Now, of course, that next wave includes uh, local girls, Mallory Pugh and, uh, and Lindsay Horan uh, from, uh, from Colorado. Um, but New Zealand will, will provide a test. It's the first of two games against uh, uh, New Zealand in the month of September. And um, this is also a U.S. side that, is, that has wobbled a little of late. It's, uh, it's, it's lost a little, bit, a little bit of its mystique and its shine. And, uh, and New Zealand may just, uh, may just fancy their chances here tonight. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a sellout at Dick Sporting Goods Park. And it comes on the eve of, of the Rapids returning home after four games on the road, of course. Rich, I've had a couple of people already call me looking for tickets specifically so they can go see the likes of Pew and Haran. Uh, Mallory Pugh's fun to watch. Man, she, she's she got to be one of the fastest players in that game. Young, exciting. Uh, she's got that kind of um, uh, carefree approach that uh, you love to see in those young players. And, and those kind of players that, that you you fear that they, that they don't want to be overcoached. They've got that natural exuberance, that natural excitement. And, um, and it's wonderful. You're listening to them this week. Um, they're delighted to be back here. They're going to be playing in front of their home fans. They're going to be playing in front of family and friends. Uh, they love being back here. Uh, of course, they play uh, in the NWSL, the, uh, the National Women's Soccer League elsewhere uh, around the U.S. Lindsay Horan played in, in France played for, for Paris Saint-Germain. Of course, the, the men's team there that have recently signed Neymar for a world record fee. Um, so these are two young women that are that are flying the flag for for the U.S. and also flying the flag for Colorado, and it's going to be wonderful to see them out here uh, on what is a, a wonderful stood here, a, a, a fantastic lush surface here at Dick Sporting this Park. They always keep it in very very good shape, and uh, it should be a, a lovely stage for this game tonight. What kind of attendance figures are we expecting? Because again, I mentioned how this is a hot ticket. Anytime a national team, be it men or women. What are we looking for in the stands tonight? Well, they put up the, uh, you know, you know, Nick, Dick, Dick Sporting Goods Park. They put up the extra bleachers for those that know the stadium up in the northeast and northwest, up on the top tier. So, uh, you know, that suggests that they are, are expecting a, a sellout. And I'll say this, this is, um, the, the, the tickets, yes, are red hot. And they're normally a little hotter than the men's team, the, the women's team, which has wow. had World Cup success. Um you know, uh, I would want to put a, 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 a time frame on it, but uh, the tickets are snapped up very, very quickly for, for, the, for the women's game. And uh, I expect it to be a, a raucous, a very much partisan crowd here uh, tonight. They love their soccer. The women's team play an exciting brand. Jill Ellis, of course, is, uh, um, is looking uh, now to kind of, as I said, to, to rebuild with the next generation coming through. And it's interesting that uh, the U.S. soccer is introducing the uh, development academies for women, for young girls. That's a, uh, a, a, a new uh, initiative for U.S. soccer. So that's got to bode well for, for the next generation of girls coming through that hopefully will be playing on these very surfaces and representing uh, the U.S. on the big stage.
Richard, thanks for the information. Can't wait to watch tonight. 8 o'clock, U.S. women against New Zealand. Thanks for a few minutes, my friend. Cheers, mate. All right, take care. We're back here at Avs training camp. Mosier's arrived, so you know they're serious now. Guys are out there doing their conditioning tests. Fellas, you heard Jared Bednar talk about conditioning. He won't lie. I mean, they are running. They are moving. You see how they're all bent over, breathing hard? I'm tired watching them so far. Are you impressed with them? Because you were all over the, the amateur guys out here this <laughs> yeah. morning. Well, these guys are moving. <laughs> okay. These guys are all right. moving on I the ice. Trying to see what you were expecting. They this were... is what you expected. I saw figure skating this out morning. Out of Dave the accountant. <laughs> That's what you expected. <laughs> all right, Vic, we've got to do our fired-up finale, but we can probably squeeze in some terrible texts real fast. You mean to tell me it. we have terrible texts? Roll them, please. Were you mean enough to make the cut? It's this guy's deal. Terrible texts. All right, we'll start on Tuesday morning at 7.42 a.m. Nick chimed in. Manchester is like some of our politicians. He'd be way better off every day just keeping his damn mouth shut. Yeah, stay off well, Twitter, man. That would make for a hell of a radio show, Nick. Uh, what are you doing today? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Same, <laughs> same morning, same segment. West chimed in. Please fire Manchester. He's awful. Wait, that was West from our office? West. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I was going to say, I'm going to have some words. Uh, 7264 says, I'm not sure Manchester is worth this pain. <laughs> Boy, they all know his name, though, right? Just get my name right. And uh. same segment to cap it off, 8644, Manchester. Dear Lord. I'm sure these people will all text on Monday when I nail this Cowboys-Broncos game, right? They're all going to text and apologize? I got the Broncos by 7. I got the Cowboys by 18. By 18? 28-10. Oh, my God. Uh, 8493, Vic, you're doing God's work. Trevor was great last night, and to deny that shows complete ignorance. Okay. Manchester to needs to no, no. find uh, something and go on a soul-searching quest. Here, this, this guy's the epitome of why I'm so fired up every day. He was great, great last night. He threw for 219 yards. That's not great. We need to have a better uh, sense of reality in this town. I think we all we all basically came to the conclusion he was fine, right? He was fine. Let's pump the brakes on great. That's my beef. He's not great. 5-3-7-1 on Tuesday as well. Tuesday was a popular day. Manchester is tough. The constant bickering and negativity it's not enjoyable to start oh. my day. I thought that meant tough. Like, man, he's tough because he hangs in there. I like your idea of making shirts that say, I hate Manchester. <laughs> you will sell out in an hour. Hotcakes. Uh, 8558 on Wednesday said, Manchester, step back, smell the coffee, lighten up. Life is short. Be happy. I'm very happy. His kids agree with him. He's happy. <laughs> I don't think you're real happy with these stacks. <laughs> All right, we'll move off Manchester. 7732. Kyle Keefe was awkward, but that was not as disturbing as discovering the guy who needs an apology from Brock is afraid of a worm. That was good. <laughs> I forgot about the worm. Yeah. Have you recovered from that trauma? Uh, I'm still scarred. We're back to Manchester, by the way. Wednesday morning, <laughs> 9967. Jess got on, and my goodness, who set Manchester off today? Uh, oh, yeah. That could have been in reference to anything. Uh, we don't even have any idea what that's was. in context for uh 2118 on thursday at 844 you're fascinated by outside opinions that agree with you manchester you are a deplorable deplorable oh yeah better than being a dove valley minion getting meaner we got two left here 8659 
Did Helton kill Manchester's cat or something? Yeah, what's that's this? From you know, I, that's a shtick. You, you're shtick no. about being anti-Helton. It's to, It's really shticky. He made $120 million without making an all-star team. Uh, you know, we, we have to hear all about... He made ki- the all-star team. Not during the last 10 years when he took home Wait, $120 million. He, but he made the all-star team. I, I know, but after his last all-star game appearance, he took home $120 million Wait, without making... why are you worried about how much money people make? Because... The Rockies used his contract as an excuse of why they couldn't spend more money on other players. Don't blame it on the Rockies. Don't blame it on We him. always had to hear about how Kenyon Martin's contract was an albatross for the Nuggets, which it wasn't. They went out and got AI and made all sorts of other moves, but we never heard a word about Helton. You blame and now, the people. on reunion weekend, all the other players are going to go out and, and, and pass out rally towels to the fans and interact with us little people, except for Todd. He's above it. He's not going to do it. Trust I'm, me. I'm the only one that's bothered by I that. I wouldn't want to interact with you either. I don't blame him. We'll close with this. 9047 Adam this morning. James is cold, just like his soul. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. That's our terrible uh, text for the week. Time now that was such a pick-me-up. for our Hansford Fired Up Finale. This is the Fired Up Finale. Presented by the Troy Hansford Real Estate Team. Here's what's got us fired up today. Let's hear from everyone's least favorite head coach. Oh, that was good. Like I said, um, you know, um, you know, we got room for improvement everywhere. You know, when you come up short, obviously you know, it's a bitter pill. But um, you know that, um, like our old football team, we, we played we played pretty well, but not quite good enough. Why do you dislike that man? He's just a genteel figure. He's a bumbling boob who's an idiot who Peyton Manning would have won multiple Super Bowls if that boob wasn't his head coach. Oh my gosh. John Fox, of course, head coach of the Chicago Bears. Nice, I'm on the board. I don't know what's worse, Manchester going up on Simeon and Helton or your weird uh, dissatisfaction with John Fox. Well, at least Broncos fans currently like Trevor Simeon. I think all Broncos fans can agree John Fox is a bumbling idiot. Whatever, dude. That's a little weird. You, you don't now, think John Fox is an idiot? You don't think John Fox anymore. blew the Raheem Moore game? You don't think he blew Super Bowl Forty Eight? You don't think he quit before the Colts game? Do you want me to keep going? I you don't think he got to the playoffs with Tim Tebow? Yeah, I mean, didn't, didn't he, he win eight and eight and backed his way in? Did he win a division? <laughs> didn't he of win all a division people, championship? you're not going to defend I mean, the John guy. Fox, the guy won a division you? championship every year he was here. He won a division championship. Are, are you guys going to be offended if I pick the Kiwis tonight? Who are the Kiwis? New Zealand. Oh, what do you know about the Kiwis? I think they're going to. I yeah. think they're going to bring it. Bring it tonight. You're anti-American. <laughs> you're anti-Bronco. You're anti-establishment. No, I, I, what are you? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Everything. During the Richard Fleming interview, that's what I was thinking. I'm, he, he's talking about their in transition. I'm like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like the Kiwis tonight. <laughs> you are that guy. You're that guy. Right now, the, the abs are here skating. You, you, you'll pick the ice over the abs. Uh, no, they look good. Yeah, they look they, good. Oh, they look great. <laughs> all right, this is going to continue all day. We're live here at Avalanche Training Camp. Up next is Julie Brownman, Scott Hastings, then it's Mark Mosier. I see Ottawa running around. Didn't he win the most awkward photo of he the did. year? He did. Yeah, he did. That's going to win every single year. For our guest today, Jared Bednar. If you missed that interview, we'll have it online. Our NFL preview, we had Ryan Fowler from 102.9, the Tide, and Richard Flaming. Thank you, everybody. Manchester, HW, Jesse Trujillo. It's cold. Now go get warm. Thanks for listening to the Vic